Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. This week on the program, bust out your bad accents and flame retardant pants because we're getting blown away. I'm Andrew Jupin. Steven Sadak. Hartitatartatar. <laughs> Jamel Bowie. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> and we hate movies. Welcome to We Hate Movies. Thank you for tuning in. As always, that's right. We're talking Blown Away from 1994, directed by Stephen Hopkins. And to help us on this journey, we're so very stoked to welcome back friend of the show, New York Times columnist, serial enthusiast, and co-host of the Unclear and Present Danger podcast, our good buddy Jamel Bowie. How's it going, man? Hello. Thank you for having me once again of to course. talk about this wonderful, wonderful movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is so. I want to. I want to get right to it, Jamel. Had you seen this before uh, coming on coming on the program? No, I hadn't. And when I was looking, when I when I was watching it, I was like, "Is this? This feels like it should be on the list for Unclear and Present Danger." And it turns yep. out that it is. Like sometime later <laughs> in the year. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, but I'd never seen this before, and I'm shocked because it's sort of like everything that I love. It's like I be the nineties political thriller is like my favorite genre. And I, I do not know how I missed this movie with Tommy Lee Jones playing this sort of like having this like wonderfully impish performance. Oh my this God. Like sort of ain't I a stinker <laughs> performance. He's the, he's the Irish Joker is what he is. It is. Well, dude, that's, that's exactly the thought I put together last night. I realized now why he was so upset working with Jim Carrey uh, on Batman Forever and saying like he could not sanction that guy's buffoonery because <laughs> Jim Carrey was doing his performance from this movie. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. unbelievable the way he is tap dancing around this thing, going so far beyond like Irish bomber character. My God. I mean, it goes beyond that. I mean, he's he's finding you out you two for the first time. Getting <laughs> oh, out. man. He's, he's learning all about the new Irish culture while also killing uh, uh, cops by the what? Like the half dozens. Yep. This this movie has a body count. I was oh. I was not expecting it going in. I was like at a certain point, I, 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 I'm sure we'll get into this, obviously, but at a certain, po- certain point, I was thinking, are they just going to like kill off everyone at that wedding one by one? And lo and behold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this team that fucking eats shit. It is just unbelievable. I would like to posit the reason why a lot of us didn't know about this movie is because there was a much more popular, yeah. successful bomber related movie that came out the same year, which is, of course, Speed. Three yes. weeks earlier. 
Oh, was it that close? Yes, oh it really God. was. Yeah. It just rushed. It, it really just swo- swooped in because like MGM knew they had it, like thought this was going to be a huge hit. And they're like, oh, let's push this back to July. And then I think something, something uh, Fox was like, let's let's push up speed. And speed came in and was. And I mean, this movie kind of it's weird to look at the two movies. because I mean, speed's a better movie for sure. Yeah. However, this movie goes so hard. So it's really hard for me to like. <laughs> Like I, I'm fine with both of them. It's it's a rare case of like you know what you both did a great job. Uh, yeah, spe- speed is a breakout. Like you, there is nothing like speed. This yeah. what I like about this is this is very familiar. This mm-hmm. is the the plotting is very familiar. Everything I should say I've seen this a lot. I had oh, really uh, <laughs> I I've seen this at least twenty times. Was wow. this part of your father's uh, Columbia House scam yes, with the VHS yes. tapes? A- absolutely, it was. We went through <laughs> two copies of it. Uh, he was he was a big fan. My mother was also a big fan because she really likes Jeff Bridges. Uh, and why wouldn't you? He's he's so good in this. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, I, I I've always thought this was like I, I I was always surprised to find out that people didn't like this. Like I'd read reviews yeah. and be like, hey, it's it's fine, and I'm like, no, what are you talking about? This is no, really good. It's, it's just it's, really also stupid. Well, it's unhinged excellence, right? Yes. Right. I mean, like to, to go back to Speed. Chris is right. Speed is a is a breakout movie. It is, I think, it's sort of it it, it kind of it, it pioneers action filmmaking in a really unique way that kind of you'll see throughout the throughout the rest of the decade. It's it sort of oh, it's like the diehard of the nineties, right? It's sort of it's it's mm. it, it created a new kind of thing, and Blown Away isn't that, but it's still just. A, a great time and when i when i pulled it up to watch i saw the runtime was like two hours i was like oh my god two hours and, and but it it went by in a flash i was just like yeah. the entire time i was like i am i am keyed into what this movie is doing well because every 13 minutes someone is getting blown up and that <laughs> is the, is the pace Helps. that i'm looking for i mean like and that's why I like i think again speed is is all the things we said it is. And Speed's all about tension, obviously. It's all about the engine of this bus and, oh, my God, what's going to happen to this bus and these these characters and all these little problems we have with, like, no, no, no. This is people getting systematically blown the fuck away, which is the original title is Blown the Fuck Away. Uh, they, they had to <laughs> clean it up for the American distribution. But and I think that I think probably what really hampers this movie is the accents is the yeah it's the elephant in the room and like yeah i know it's got to be ira and it's got to be is i think bridges boston accent is actually worse than tommy lee jones's irish accent i i didn't know what he was doing they're both fit for saturday night live i mean (laughs) you know i I mean at least tommy lee jones's irish accent was like consistent for most of the movie bridges is just like Dropping in and out of that Boston accent <laughs> to the point I, where, like, just don't even bother, man. Like, hey, look, you are a secret undercover ex IRA guy, and you know, you're just you have a fake American accent, which sounds remarkably like regular Jeff Bridges talking. How about that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's weird though because once the movie like reveals that he is secret Irish, uh, <laughs> you know, they could be anywhere. <laughs> they, 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 they could be you or you. I mean, but like he, it appears as if like, I mean, and this must've been like a scene to scene, take to take thing was flirting with the idea of like when he's talking to Tommy Lee Jones or maybe also when he's talking to Lloyd Bridges, like 
it's he's like kind of falling into an Irish thing, but it doesn't work. The only time you really notice it is he starts saying Ireland. Like he starts really Irishing up the pronunciation of the country name. But other than that, it's just not happening. It's funny that it's not only like a secondary, like it lost out on the uh, bomb expert uh, edge to speed, (laughs) but it also all the IRA movies that were coming out at this time all are remembered more than this, like Patriot Games, the frequent yeah. two current president danger, and uh, uh, in the name of the father, I think is the year before this, yep. maybe. Uh, uh, and, like, and then where's is, when's Devil's Own? That's later, right? That's like ninety seven. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I'm like, this is. Oh, we should also say uh, our, our good colleague Eric Siska is off with the IRA currently. That is why he couldn't make it today. <laughs> he's helping now, helping them regroup. I know he's not exactly of their side. He's more of the of the Germanic tribes, but uh, he 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 thought they might need some help, and he couldn't make it today. I was going to say it is interesting that you do have all of these IRA movies around this time i mean this is you know on on the podcast i co-host you know we, we're trying to unpack the politics of these things and it's so clear especially with a game like a movie like patriot games that there's just sort of like well what is like who is the baddie now that we're no longer in like you know a, a conflict with the soviet union right um and it's just funny that the answer is like kind of consistently, well, I guess it's the Irish. Like, I guess it's <laughs> Irish nationalism, which is, yeah. which is also funny because like, if there's, if there's a, I don't know how familiar you guys are with the history of like English colonialism in Ireland, but like, if there's anyone who's like totally justified and like going ape shit about this stuff, it is probably the Irish. Exactly. Right. It's, right. it's not like they're going to be like, ah, yes. So if, if the IRA won, like, oh, we've, we finally done it boys. And now America, like that, that's not the next step in well, their master plan. Well, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we were, we were just cheering on the UK from the sidelines. Like it wasn't even our conflict. No, exactly. Like we, 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 we love the UK in that, but it's just, it's so bizarre that the idea that this would turn up on our shores immediately thereafter, because it, it, we're the next domino to fall in this crime syndicate. Sure. You know? <laughs> well, the great detail also is that we are told at some point, I don't remember who says it. Maybe it was Forrest Whitaker brings it up. Someone is like, oh, so Tommy Lee Jones was IRA? To which Jeff Bridges replies, no, he was too crazy for the IRA. <laughs> okay. But it's. I thought it was interesting that they didn't bother saying like Splinter Cell or anything like that. But yeah. it's just like no, 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 no. He was too fucking batshit yeah. for the IRA, if you can believe it. He, he was part of the Super IRA. I don't know if you've heard of them. Uh, they're really, really underground. This poor I mean, captain for this whole fucking movie, man, is just made a dope throughout mm-hmm. this. This poor John Finn guy, because when he does bring up the thing, like, oh yeah, Garrity, you know, here I got his whole uh, rap sheet here. Uh, uh, Tommy Lee Jones's character, he, he's like. How how did you get this? He's like, um, Interpol. Oh, mm-hmm. dude, I just I have inter- <laughs> Interpol, I called Interpol. On speed dial, and they're all like, all right, that sounds right. Yeah, like, that only- sounds good. Yeah, no. Forrest Whitaker is the only guy in this movie who's like, that kind of sounds like horseshit, Jeff Bridges. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, but way before that, we get uh, this like solemn intro with like. I just wrote down nun music. I mean, this is like operatic yes. church shit, you know? And this is what I miss about the 90s is like ponderous action movies. 
Christ. You know what yes. I mean? Like yep. action movies that take themselves so ponderously seriously uh, to start with this huge choral score to just let you know that the it's a fight between the angels and the devils. And I'm like, this is so <laughs> yeah. stupid. I love it. You're settling in. You're fi- Remember when you get to settle in for a movie and the credits took a little while? It's mm-hmm. patience. That's what's nice about this before we get to the prison, which is a phenomenal. I, I love this scene. Oh, my God. It's incredible. But, like, that's what's weird, though, is the nun music, as I'm calling it, (laughs) doesn't it doesn't prepare you for the juxtaposition of seeing Tommy Lee Jones with this long hair. I I had to pause it. I was like, look at this man. Uh, And we're told this is Castle Glee Prison in Northern Ireland. Yeah, and he's about to tell Harry Potter about his parents. Um, uh, no, no, no. Uh, his his buddy, his his cellmate, who is supposed to be leaving, uh, uh, escaping the prison with him, gets out of uh, a solitary and is being asked by all of his uh, uh, colleagues in the prison, hey, did you jerk off in there? To which I say, what else are you doing in solitary? Yeah, yeah. that's true. Come on but- now. You got to find ways to pass the time. When the dude gets shoved back into the cell, he tosses a, a nice Pogue Mahone at the guard. Kiss my ass. Love that. It's weird that we drop all of the pretending to speak any kind of like Celtic once we leave this yeah. prison. Like, that's it. That's done with. Yeah, there's no Gaelic after that at all. Like, like I'd wonder if it was like, it should have happened where like Lloyd Bridges is talking to that hot dog guy at the baseball stadium yeah. or whatever. That other like secret Irish <laughs> operative who's mm. also covering up his accent. Like, I, you know, like Jamel right, said Jamel. It, they could be everywhere. Yep. You have no idea where these people are freaking me out. Uh, they might even be in my own family. You know, you, you scratch someone and they bleed green. And you know. Yeah. You would, you would never know in the Boston Red Sox stadium uh, that there might be an Irish person. You just would never know. From Tommy Lee Jones' first line, though, like this movie lets you know what's up uh, as far as this performance, because he's just like his first line is something like, you like to fight. And I was like, oh, fuck, (laughs) nothing could have prepared. I was blown away by that accent reveal. It's Tommy Lee Jones. I mean, I, I feel like it's worth saying that. These days we think of Tommy Lee Jones as like this very dignified actor, but he has his run in the early nineties where he's just playing these bad shit roles. Mm-hmm. Oh he's, yeah, um, he's in the package, Andrew Davis, but the package and um, Under Siege. He's actually like an Andrew Davis like you know guy. Yeah, um, is the the package is him and Hackman? Is that the right movie? Right, it's him and Hackman, and yeah. he plays like this you know former special forces guy mm-hmm. slash assassin. And he's great in it, and he's like playing it. He's playing it like he's Lee Harvey Oswald. We need Eric on here. It's perfect. <laughs> Eric um, and, and he's also totally nuts at JFK as well. I mean, like that performance is like bonkers oh, crazy. That's true. I right. forgot about that. And, and then under siege, he's like you know he's he's that uh, uh, rock and roll terrorist. I mean, oh, kind of, yeah. he's, <laughs> he's just yep. doing all these crazy this, all these crazy performances. So this is very much of a piece with like Tommy Lee Jones in the first half of the nineties. Yeah, the maniac energy on him originally was what it's funny that that is what uh, like codified him originally like that stuff. Uh, have you ever seen the eyes of Laura Mars? Uh, great movie. Really Pretty good fucking, movie. Yeah, and he, yeah. he's got it there, too. And he's he's the nice guy in that. And even there, he's kind of creepy. Uh, well, that's yeah. weird, though. So like what what turned our, uh, you it, know, it's the fugitive. It's fugitive. The fugitive. Oh, OK. Fugitive. 
It's yeah. stiff upper lip. It's the one that he got known for, and he's fantastic in it. But like the fact that he is so dry, and the fact that he delivers, I don't care in the way that he does, as opposed yeah. to like, get the fuck out of there, like you know, whatever, <laughs> with whatever you're expecting. You're just saying, I don't care. It's like, oh shit, this guy doesn't care, and that kind of became the prototype for a Tommy Lee Jones. That's like your volcano. That's the, that's you know, even it's even men, a, in, men in black. Absolutely, oh, exactly. He don't care yeah. about no aliens either. Authority figure. Finally, mm-hmm. he is an ultimate authority figure. But it's interesting to watch him like wrestle with this in the '90s because like the Fugitive. Unless I'm getting my dates wrong, the Fugitive definitely came before Batman Forever. Oh yeah, for sure. So like this whole like seriousness thing is in play. While he is also tap dancing around with Jim Carrey playing Two Face, uh, he's just an interesting guy, man. He's oh, an fu- interesting guy. Oh, the Fugitive is ninety three as well. Wow, that's interesting. Wow. So yeah, I guess he came off of off of that. You know, I wonder yeah. if he filmed this first. Yeah, that would make some sense. I think that mm-hmm. sounds he right. He must have been just working though, because <laughs> oh, there, yeah. there's a ton of stuff. I mean, JFK is around this t- is ninety two, ninety three, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, yeah. God, yeah, he was a busy man. Um, you know, him, uh, <laughs> this was, oh, you got something? Steve? Oh, no, I had a question. I was going to ask Jamel, at what point did you realize this movie was out, out of control insane? <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, I, I think I realized what, so this, in this prison scene, when he escapes by blowing things, we were pulling out like, <laughs> ex, like some explosive liquid out of his, out of his mouth, like throwing it up and then creating a bomb and blowing it up. I was like, this is pretty crazy. But I think it's when he kills the first cop when I was just like, oh, okay. This <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah. This is that kind of movie. Him breaking out, though, and like vomiting up this condom yep. with like whatever this liquid is. I do appreciate that this movie, this movie is like not getting bogged down in the believability about any of these devices. It's just like, trust us. This guy and Jeff Bridges are both really good at bomb stuff, and that's all you need to know. He's making a bomb right here. Do I know what's in that condom? Absolutely not. And the bomb stuff looks pretty cool, I gotta say. Most mm-hmm. when they when they do give you the shots, there's not a lot of talk about the bomb shit. But whenever he's playing with like the, the crystals on the coffee filter and stuff like that, yeah. I was like, that sound that seems correct. That looks right. And yeah, like I don't know if it is, but that looked pretty cool. Yeah. And in mm-hmm. this kind of a movie, cool equals accurate. Exactly. It's it's like the visual equivalent of like some Star Trek gobbledygook. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. It's like, oh, that that that's oh, he's got a like an orange liquid in that condom. Later he's got some weird silver shit going on. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. It's it's all mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but, I think that's like Mercury when he's got like yes, the mouse trap device. Sure. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I love how the bombs get increasingly Rube Goldberg. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He is having fun making these bombs. We should say this movie is directed the he- Stephen Hopkins directs the hell out of this movie. Oh, he man. really does. Yep. Yep. Uh, absolutely. He, he is also uh, responsible for another movie I watched a dozen times: uh, The Ghost and the Darkness. Yep. Uh, which is also uh, a thrill ride uh, with Michael Douglas and Val Kilmer hunting oh, lions. Yes. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. Previous episode, Predator Two, and at some point, Judgment Night, which is another just oh. great, great, <laughs> crazy, dumb action uh, movie. Uh, you know what's weird? He also directed a uh, nobody talked about it remake of The Fugitive. Like oh, really? Two, no. two years what? ago. Oh, oh what? With Boyd Holbrook and Kiefer Sutherland, and Kiefer Sutherland is in the Tommy Lee Jones role. Oh, the TV show. Yes, this TV it's show. It's a TV like, show. Oh, okay. yes, I'm I thought it, it was a movie. Yeah, but he, yeah, but it's yeah. still even still, it's 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 pretty weird. Boyd Holbrook. 
<laughs> Boyd Holbrook doing things. Uh, yeah, he would just yeah, he get he gets cast because he sounds like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, him. So Tommy Lee Jones, yeah, blows a hole in the wall and then, I mean, uses his dead cellmate's body and a mattress <laughs> to shield. Like he murders this dude pretty violently, which was crazy. And then, yeah, he pulls out this other makeshift thing and just lays waste to this cop. Mm. Or, you know, prison guard or whatever. And I was like, holy shit. And the dude goes flying like off the railing. And I was like, oh, this movie got really interesting in under three minutes. Well done. And then he's got like a Nicolas Cage and face off level swim in front of him. <laughs> yeah, he has. They, they don't show. Of course, they don't show you exactly how he's getting from here to the mainland. Right. But the next time we see him, of course, he's in a pub. Well, but the thing you can't do is like have a scene like this and like the crazy action that it is and the violence and everything. And then just cut to this fucking big head Todd and the monster song. <laughs> <Hell yeah>. Come on. <laughs> what were you saying, Steve? Sorry. Well, before I started just, talking about big head Todd. <laughs> I was just curious. So Tom Lee Jones's character escapes Ireland uh, and goes to America, to Boston specifically, but not looking for Jeff Bridges. It just it's it's one of those in all the gin joints in all the world situations. Yes, big okay. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, would, who would have guessed? <laughs> he just. I mean, it's either it was either Boston or New York. You know, that's that's where the Irish go. I would really uh, do not think too much about the timeline on this movie. <laughs> We're about to hit one where it's absolutely insane. But that was one where I was just like, he yeah, like he gets out of there, gets a haircut because this the next time we see him, he's got like a kind of buzzy cut, uh, not much on top thing. He's got uh, Tommy Lee Jones haircut. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but. I, I was kind of like struck by how quickly this thing moves, but actually that's for the better because the pacing's good. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we are in Boston. We are at a child's birthday party and here struts in Jeff Bridges, man, an early nineties, Jeff Bridges. I mean, he's still a handsome dude now, but my goodness. No, he he's looks looking incredible. Great. He steps off oh. that motorcycle. And you're just like, God damn. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And it's like, it's so cool because like, of course, like, it's the character, but also, of course, Jeff Bridges, I imagine IRL would be a hit at a child's birthday party. Mm. And oh, he yeah. doesn't miss a beat. He gets into that backyard. He's playing with the kids. He's saying hi to everybody. He's playing pin the tail on the donkey. Just a huge hit. The One of the only lines this, this little girl has is like, why isn't that guy my dad? And I'm like, yeah. you know what? All right. I, I would say the same thing. I mean, I have no he, he, he does have just it's just un, unreal amount of on-screen charisma just sort of yeah. like it's just sort of he's just utterly magnetic i mean that 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 uh that girl's mom is just sort of like he's like i can give you piano lessons to the girl and his mom his mom her mom is like yeah at your house <laughs> <laughs> yes. oh wow I, I she says that so sexily for some reason because it is sort of like yeah oh yeah you could get piano lessons at your house haha <laughs> but it's like yeah at your house and i'm like what is happening right now <laughs> <laughs> that Susie amos just barks at her the, the great Susie amos of uh of uh what do you call it there usual suspects fame and not much else no <laughs> Who is she in the usual suspects? She's the lady that gets uh that uh is Burns, the girlfriend. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I yeah, so I guess I've seen her in two things. I don't know. It was <laughs> uh, she's she's fine. I don't think she's yeah. bad, but I just like scrolling she, through that IMDb profile. She married James Cameron, and I think she kind of retired after that. I see. Got uh, it. which I guess you would do. 
Yeah, well, just if you don't retire, you might accidentally find yourself in a fucking Avatar yeah. movie, and then there's <laughs> or, trouble. Yeah, you're just a background blue person. Maybe that's just what you're doing with your time. That's also possible. Uh, yeah, she's five. I'm looking at her height now. She's five eight. She could be a blue person for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good blue person height. Why does the height of the actual person matter? They're all fucking cartoons. It just helps, dude. You're not gonna oh, get Danny sure. DeVito as a as a Navi, my friend. It's not gonna happen. Yeah, that would just be a little unbelievable. Unless he's very small. Navi. <laughs> we come in all sorts of sizes. Now look at my tail. <laughs> um. So yeah, this. I mean, so this massive bad New England accent is just truly something, and it's flying right away. Um. And this guy's name, well, they're calling him JD, or Jimmy. Jimmy Dove is the character's name. Nope. Kind of a great name. A great name, but a name you would definitely be like, hey, uh, if you're trying to hide your your past and pretend that you're an actual, uh, your name is, uh, that's your real name, you don't go with Jimmy Dove. It's like yeah. James, you know, Doohan. Or, uh, not, not Doohan, <laughs> it's actually Star Trek. Or let's say James Dorsey, James how, something, anything. How about Johnny Innocence? That sounds like a good name. That well, should, it definitely keeps people away. Uh, Tommy, know, not a terrorist, is my name. Uh, how's it going? <laughs> the problem, though, is like, you know, he flees, you know, Ireland because of all the the troubles, and he's hiding out. Dude, you got to go to like Oklahoma and give yourself a Polish last name. Mm. Like, <laughs> what are we doing driving to the fucking Irish capital of America? And you're still calling yourself Jimmy? Come on now. They should really have like upped the religious aspect of it because like he is doing like penance by being on the Bob Squad. Right. Because right. he used to be a, 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 a he helped Tommy Jones make bombs when he was in his younger days when they were running with the the, the super duper IRA. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I, I think you're right, Chris. What this movie really needed is to crank up the Irish stereotypes. Just yeah. kind of like you have All Guinness, you have like, you know, lyrical Irish rhyme, make him super Catholic, you know. Yep. Yeah, and this uh, the mad bombing is happening on St. Patrick's Day, the busiest day in Boston. Yeah, right. of course I, it is. Irish Abel Ferrara is what I'm asking for here, folks. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> that might be something. <laughs> uh, so you know the the funny games is cut short because he gets a page. This pager sound, man, it went right up my spine. Um, well, I guess so if, it's, if it's the bomb pager, you really got to make it loud because it's like, dude, sure. there is a bomb somewhere. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Stop everything. <laughs> yeah, you can't. This can't be drowned out by the Sundays in YouTube, please. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I mean, I, I, I you know, I, I'm sure the Boston PD has a bomb squad, but this bomb squad seems awfully busy. <laughs> yes. yes, right. What? The, and I feel like that you get these in these movies where it's like a movie about. Like a niche is the wrong word, but like a specialized part of a police force. It's kind of the same thing sort of with those SWAT movies where it's like the SWAT team is awfully busy, like right. for a week. And and, and in it, these it, movies, the SWAT team isn't busy. It, it, it is busy sort of like taking down drug kingpins. But in reality, the SWAT team is busy. I don't know, like harassing, <laughs> har- harassing someone for having like, you know, a couple grams on them. Or, and totally, or, and yeah. or some uh, poor son of a bitch that played the wrong game of Call of Duty. You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're busy fucking up a no-knock warrant or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, I mean, this situation that Jeff Bridges finds himself in is straight out of another amazing bomber movie from the 90s, yes. Live Wire with Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Because, like, this is a ridiculous situation. <laughs> live, this is Livewire after two cups of coffee. 
<laughs> it sobered up just a little bit, not all the way, just enough to like maybe like the 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 ten miles home aren't going to be so bad now, right? Because I mean, Live Wire that is like some science fiction shit. It's uh, with what's going on in that movie where they're drinking things and people are being turned into explosives. But like similarly at the start of that movie, there's a silly thing where Pierce Brosnan is helping this woman who says there's like a bomb in her car and he's like getting in the front seat. And there's a lot of like, um, you know, between your legs jokes or whatever. And this is like, there is a woman in a computer lab in Cambridge that is stuck to a computer having to type love you repeatedly. If she stops, the bomb will go off. And you just hear like one of the people filling in Jeff Bridges like, yeah, her hacker boyfriend that set this whole thing up shot himself in the head after. And you're just like, wait, a ha- there's hackers involved now it's- and blown away. Incredible. And it gets even weirder because for something if the computer maxes out on megabytes, then oh, that's right. like, it's not a timer. Cause that's like what he's doing when he's trying to uh, disarm the bombs. Like how many megabytes do we have left? <laughs> and I'm like, what? Dude, he's yelling, bites? what are the bites? <laughs> oh my God. God, God, God bless early night computers and early nineties movies, but you can just assume that no one knows anything, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. There's, yeah. there's, there's no prior knowledge. Here's, yeah. Yeah. If you keep on typing the Megabytes will fill up. Sure. <laughs> this this motherfucker walks into this computer lab and starts doing the James Bond routine yes. with her, like uh, Dove, Jimmy Dove. And if I'm this lady who is like what two minutes away from oblivion, I'm like, get the fuck out of there! Just shut up and get down there. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're, we're Enough not, with the yucks here. I guess he's trying to put her at ease, Chris. But I kind of agree. Also, her ex boyfriend, who's obviously abusive, is lying dead next to her. <laughs> so I think she wouldn't be uh, cackling. Yeah. No. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so he just sort of works diligently. I mean, the funny thing is that it just like in live wire though, there's another like, excuse me, I'm going to have to get between your legs, ma'am. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, just, just do it. Do whatever you have to do. Shut the fuck up. I'm going to die. <laughs> and I do think what I like about this movie at the very least, um, and it is overblown and crazy is so he, he diffuses the bomb, big hero guy, but he does, we're playing with PTSD stuff here. He's like throwing up in a, in a hallway kind of a thing. Right. Like, you know what I mean? He's not exactly this infallible super cop, even though he kind of is, because he just happens to know which wire. It's always the red wire or whatever the hell it is, you know, that, that kind of stuff. But he is still like kind of very haunted by his past, which is yeah. at least something. Oh, yeah. We start seeing these, uh, his uh, crispy crittered uh, ex-girlfriend. We start <laughs> seeing little images of her saying, Liam. <laughs> Help me, Liam! <laughs> oh and, yeah, and then that makes him vomit after he after he saves the love you bomb. Mm. <laughs> the love you bomb, man, it's ridiculous. So, like, you know, he saves the day and everything. Uh, not uh, not thrilled by this is one of his partners, uh, Blanket, played by Ruben Santiago Hudson, and uh, this guy rules. He basically gets just a ton of like administrative or like captain law enforcement type roles these days does a lot of tv and stuff but like i'm sorry you have you name this character and now like all these adults have to keep saying hey what happened to blanket yeah where's blanket and i'm just like man i don't know isn't that like the name of michael jackson's one of his kids is blanket or something like what are we doing i think that these movies 
depend on you remembering those names. Like, sure. Lethal Weapon 2 does a similar thing because uh, they're trying to kill off all of the team that are uh, after them. And they're, oh, yeah. They're, it's, it's similar, a similar, uh, an explosive device in a, uh, a, 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 what's it called? A, a diving board uh, in that movie. But like, it's, oh, it, right. you need to be, re- it, it, these movies count on you being able to recall who the character is when they, like, you also remember Rita and Cortez. Yeah. And, and right, they give yeah. you, and these are, it, it's the 90s, so my God, we got the miracle casting here where mm-hmm. we have actors that you can actually remember and characters you can kind of remember and you can connect to those names very quickly. Like, I remember Cortez, I remember Rita, and they only have maybe a dozen lines between them. Yeah, it, this does a really good job, this movie, of like really sort of filling out tertiary characters who are nothing but fucking bomb meat at the end of the day. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, and also, I mean, like we were saying about the the flashbacks, too. Similarly, unless I'm remembering wrong, um, like Pierce Brosnan has a similar, like, beef with, like, a dead kid or something. Yes. Yeah, but it's not, it's not bomb-related, though, which is weird. I appreciate that Bridges... PTSD in this movie is bomb related. I think Pierce Brosnan's like, oh, my daughter drowned in a swimming pool or yes, something. That sounds right. Yes. That swimming pool should have blown up if you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Set it on fire. Yep. Oh, um, exactly. Yeah. And he's, you know, he realizes he goes back to Susie Amos. They have like a nice Italian dinner and he's like, you know, I'm done with the bomb squad. I'm going to start teaching bomb squad at the community college uh you know a couple of i'm gonna do i'm gonna do bomb squad improv workshops as well uh you know there's a lot of things you could do with that degree is what i'm saying they're gonna hire me to teach bomb squad in 101 and 102 (laughs) and uh she's like it is kind of great she's like no you're a bomb squad guy i'd rather my boyfriend go out and nearly die every day and he's like isn't this better probably me quitting doing that (laughs) He's totally. like, I don't want you to regret leaving what you love. And he's like, I, I disarm bombs. <laughs> yes. And he, she says this after he's like, I'm throwing up after every job. And I'm, you know, like if that's if you're getting physically ill, man, like, yeah, let's throw in the towel. This is uh, we are also missing the scene where uh, uh, Tommy Lee Jones is indeed uh, back in the States. Uh, and he is in a bar, Mc, uh, O'Dowell's, which we will return to soon. Uh, and he is about to pay for uh, three shots of whiskey when he sees his old friend, uh, uh, Jeff Bridges, on the TV from doing all this, uh, saving the MIT student. Uh, right. uh, and this is a pretty good, I got to say, if you want to get out of paying for a drink, this is pretty good. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> just it's being like, oh, that guy on the TV, that's my nemesis. <laughs> just like, I, slowly <laughs> pacing towards it and like, hey, hey, you didn't drink the, hey, uh, did you pay for the, oh, uh, never mind. So big, it's a drink. I, I got to say, during the scene, I did get a little mixed up on the timeline because I was like, is he still in Ireland? Like, is yeah, he, right. Is, are they just like showing American local TV in Ireland? That seems pretty unusual. <laughs> well, well, that's not half as bad as. Yeah, th- so he he proposes to uh, uh, Susie Abis, and I'm not t- I'm not kidding you. It's one other scene, and then the wedding. Oh yeah, yep. It's yep. like uh, 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 there's no like. Th- th- Three months later, even it's like no, just yeah, we we were able to book it all in one night. We got it, we got it all done. Don't worry, the catering too. And uh, yeah, it's and the, the other scene is him meeting Lloyd Bridges, who plays his uncle in this movie. And it's like, what are we doing, folks? Like, you're, yeah. you're, it's so confusing. They look exactly like it's obviously his father, 
but for whatever reason in this movie they they are uncle and nephew and he's irish and he knows uh i, I don't know if i you know he was part of the ira too and they came over on the same boat or something but again you never know who who's in the i mean honestly i could have been in the ira you don't know that's that's the scariest part about everything <laughs> it seems to be a thing where it's like the two of them because you unless i'm i was like watching this wrong you don't know that Lloyd Bridges knows the score until later in the movie, like about Jeff Bridges and everything. Mm -hmm. Or does he know? I think he says something like, oh, you know, I'm looking for absolution. It's like, you're never going to get it or something like that. So he knows, he kind of knows what his deal is, I think. Yeah. But I it's like, we're just kind of not openly talking about yes. it or something. Uh huh. I, yeah. I think they probably didn't make it his dad because then uh, his, uh, his uh, demise might be a little too sad. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and I, I also like. It's amazing. Most of what Lloyd Bridges is doing in this movie has been like, "Ah, right, Jimmy, make sure you can fuck tonight." Yes. <laughs> hey, Jimmy, make sure you're drunk enough to fuck tonight. Make sure it's very important that you put your penis in your wife's vagina. Oh it, my God. I mean, this is a very sexy wedding. It's an Irish wedding for sure because yep. we got the. We're doing the step dancing and all this stuff, but it is about like these two middle-aged people are going to have sex after this wedding. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and the whole room is thinking it. Exactly. Every last one of them is thinking it. It's incredible. And honestly, that's what I'm missing so much for movies is this vibe. Yes. Like, yeah. like that, I forget who was just talking. Uh, I think Soderbergh just did an interview where he's like, yep. what's my problem with these movies? Nobody's fucking. And like, yeah. When it's Susie Avis is like, uh, Lloyd Bridges is doing a toast, and Susie Avis is like, he makes some joke about his dick. Yeah. And fucking Susie Avis is like, don't you make fun of his dick. I'm going to suck that dick tonight. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and like, she's like, don't. She's like, I'm going to take care of him. Don't you worry. I'm going to fuck the shit out of him. I really thought when Lloyd Bridges was making that wedding speech that he was going to vomit off that balcony. <laughs> I really, really thought that that was going to happen, man. Um, I love Tommy Lee Jones' uh, expression when he he notices or like is able to confirm that it's Jeff Bridges on the TV because this accent is going out of control and he's like, "Jumps Dove," <laughs> yes, just screaming. It's so I don't know, man. I didn't look in the credits, but it truly feels like there was no dialect coach on this at all. No, it just do it. You come as you are. Do what you want to do. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. and, it, and it's fantastic because this is when we are also introduced to the great Forrest Whitaker Hell in yeah. one of his like yep. mid 90s. I'm in this movie too. God damn it. Things. Because that's what he like. You know yep. what I mean? Like they didn't necessarily know what to do with him before he had like real gravitas. I mean, he had gravitas, but they didn't really treat him with gravitas. So he would always be in like this species. He's always like part of the team and he's yeah. always the most interesting one and you can't take your eyes off him. This one, he starts by dancing incredibly and I'm like, this guy, you want to talk about <laughs> who's getting laid tonight? It's Forrest fucking Whitaker. Absolutely, well, man. It's funny that he does like, it, he wasn't, at, he was never like as nefarious as Tommy Lee Jones was in his, but it was the same thing where when he was younger, he was known for his energy. Like uh, he yes. did this and like uh, uh, Fast Times at Richmond High. Uh, I've tried. There's another. Oh, one the color I've... of night is my favorite. The color of money is my favorite. Oh man, yeah. yeah. When he just schools Paul Newman and Paul Newman has to weep about it after losing all of his money to this kid. Oh, <laughs> one of my uh, one of my favorites. I mean, platoon. I mean, there were so many. He uh, oh, Stakeout. He's really good in Stakeout. Uh, mm. But like, yeah, like he just went from like Jones. He turned to gravitas suddenly, and he became an authority figure. Yes. But well, he I mean, is he's, good here. He's, he's massive. I mean, that's yeah, the thing. Yeah, sort of yeah. like his one of his great assets. It's just he's just like a giant fucking guy, um, and he can use that really well to communicate authority and also sort of like an almost bullying energy about it. Yep. 
bullying energy is is a really great descriptor here specifically i think jamel because like he like announces himself to this movie with the dancing and everything and like we learn that he is uh like replacing jeff bridges on the bomb squad which is also it's such a weird like we invited your job replacement to your <laughs> wedding reception yeah. kind of no, weird crashing oh he's is crashing. it crashing yeah, yeah. yeah he's oh. crashing he makes a big deal Even- about how he's crashing Oh, okay. I missed that. But even better then, because it's just like, yeah, I'm at your fucking wedding, Jeff Bridges. Here I am. I am taking your job. Pay attention to me. And then, like, sure enough, he is the only one that is fucking onto these shenanigans from the jump. Yes. And he's just, just so I great. just love how whatever, especially in this early part of the movie, whenever he's talking to Jeff Bridges, he's like doing his blinking and then sort of like whispering thing like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he always seems like he's on the verge of being like, yeah, you can you can eat my ass, Bridges. <laughs> yes, oh, absolutely, <laughs> definitely. And like, it, 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 he, he plays it. It's like cocky, but you're right. Like, he just does not give a shit about this old man. There's there's this line of I, I think it's blanket who I think it's blanket and Rita. There's these line <laughs> of little like things jokes they make about Forrest Whitaker that I did not understand. Uh, one was who is he? Oh, that's Clarence Thomas's acting coach. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't know what that means either. Uh, <laughs> the other one was hung like a China mule. I'm like, what the fuck do I not know about mules in China? <laughs> just, say, just, say, Apparently. just say hung like a mule. Like, I get, yeah, that what I get. The, what the fuck? I, I guess I have to just make it like a little bit racist because it's Boston. <laughs> sure, yeah, I guess. <laughs> you ought to spice that in there, dude. I mean, I don't know, though. Like, why would you miss a great opportunity for alliteration that he's hung like a horse? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's The fine. H to the H is... I don't know. You were overthinking China it. mule. You didn't want to be normal. And you went too far. I do like though that he's like, uh, yeah, because the character's name is Anthony Franklin, and he's like, uh, Bridges, you know, is like, oh yeah, welcome to my wedding reception, there, Tony, and he's like, Anthony, my name is Anthony, motherfucker. That is what you're going to call me through the rest of the time I am at your fucking wedding reception. You know what this reminded me of? This is totally random. It reminded me of when I was a kid and someone called, my dad's name is James. Someone called my dad Jim and my dad gave this person like the I'm going to murder you. Like, <laughs> Whoa. I, 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 prom- I promise you I'll kill your entire family if you call me Jim again. <laughs> it's a thing, man. If somebody, here's the, here's the rule. Somebody introduces themselves as such. And you have a full year until you're allowed to shorten that name. Like once yep. you really get to get to know that person, maybe you want to play around with shortening that name. Other than that, no. No, no, no. You're totally right, dude. It's just so presumptuous and annoyingly casual about it. Um, so of course, what happens? We're trying to have this wedding reception, and uh-oh, those beepers are going off again. Bomb squad needed once again in the city of Boston. Yeah, it's it, it is kind of a situation like uh, Hannibal, the TV show, where it just happens to be that everybody is a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a, totally. a very unique stylistic serial killer within like a fifty mile block radius of Baltimore. What was what <laughs> it's was like John Wick? Everyone's yes. either a bomb yes. squad member or a bomber. <laughs> totally. And they go to the bomb squad hotel and uh, exchange your your doubloons. Oh, dude, if it's just like Jeff Bridges going into this fucking bank vault and Lance Reddick is showing him all these cool bombs, I'd be down for it. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Welcome to Yosemite (laughs) Sam's. Oh, my God. Yes, I want this now. I want this movie. Oh, yeah, right this way. Come with me, Jimmy, to the bomb vault. 
I love uh also what was Tommy Lee Jones's plan for America? Was he just gonna lay low and like mm. teach, you know what I mean? Like teach poetry or something. And then he saw he sees uh, Jeff Bridges on on TV and he gets the kill bill noise in his brain kind of a thing. <laughs> That's why the whole like accidental running into him on TV yes. is just so weird. I mean, it should just be he knows that Jeff Bridges is there and that's why he's going to exact revenge. I, and I, do, I don't think that this movie has a runtime problem necessarily. It's two hours long, but it, it does have a problem of paying off Jeff Bridges and Tommy Lee Jones together because it takes them, it takes the movie 50 minutes for them to do the phone thing that we want them to do because it's a 90s action movie. Yep. I want that a lot earlier and a lot more often. They, they, there's just not a lot of interplay between the two of them. Yeah, that's true. I, I didn't even think about that, but they are... They're separated so much throughout this movie. Yeah, you're totally right. Because, I mean, you know, so much of it is Jeff Bridges, like, cold on the trail of Tommy Lee Jones, I guess. Um, but so, yeah, the the beepers go off and we got to go. And Jeff Bridges is doing like the, uh, okay, now I guess I'm staying behind now. And they, dude, famous last words, blanket can handle it, yeah. is what they tell him. Like, no, Jimmy, don't leave your own wedding reception. Blanket's got it under control. And so they all roll out. And we get like a little, there's almost a little bit of a hotel sex here yes. uh, on our wedding night, but we cut away. But you know, and this was the Soderbergh's point, right? It's like you don't expressly need like a gratuitous sex scene, but you oh. know those two characters are getting down. Absolutely. Yeah, you yeah, just have to act like somebody's horny. That's it. It's not, it's not crazy. Yeah. Do you think yeah, somebody it, was surprised that uh, Soderbergh was so into sex in movies? You'd be like, well, you know what his first movie was called, right? <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah. the first one. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> uh, so he wakes up in the middle of the night, deaf postcoital, and uh, he's just like worried about the team. Nobody's checked in yet, so he calls this hotel room. By the way, gorgeous balcony. He's bringing the phone out here. Oh, they're oh, at the Four Seasons. They four say. Seasons, Boston, specifically. Baby. Yeah, wow. gorgeous shit. Um, and boy, this is it's a fucking cool. I like the way that they set all this up. It's like he calls in. They haven't heard back from the team yet, but don't worry. Blanket can handle it. Jeff Bridges just sees this mushroom cloud on the other side of town. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, I, I, I mind you, when he when he makes this phone call, Cortez, of course, because it's somebody in this movie, reminds him, make sure you fuck your wife. <laughs> yeah, well, that's <laughs> <Make> right. Sure. <laughs> Do you need advice? I can help you out. I have, I have <laughs> tips. I have pointers. I'm Cuban. I can do it. I have hips, you know. Uh, you know, I'm like 39 years old, right? And uh, she's already had a kid. Like, we... We're good. We figured it out. We know what's going on. <laughs> they do such a cool. I mean, it's maybe reads a little cheesy, but I was so into this movie. I thought it was awesome. Like when that bomb goes off, you see the explosion like superimposed in Jeff Bridges eyes. Like, yes. Eh, this movie rocks, man. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> dumb, but it's totally awesome. Well, it's well, very urgent and nobody like the thing with like there. I could go on for hours about what I like about Bridges, but like one thing he did really good at this point in his career was he looked good screaming and urgent <laughs> and panicked. Yep, you're like totally this, right, dude. This and Arlington Road yep. are, are completely floated by the fact that he can do this kind of acting for a long time. He is screaming up and down Arlington Road, up and down that movie he's yelling. An insane movie that will be talked about in this program at some point. Oh, absolutely. But it, like, and probably on Jamel's as well. I think oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah. Tim Robbins like a domestic terrorist in that. Yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Yeah. That's some real. Uh, 
Oh, I don't know. Eric well, would name one. Turner what? Diaries kind of guy. No, right? you know, that Susan Sarandon got in his ear and he became a domestic terrorist. That's what happened. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's always I up mean, to something. If Susan Sarandon, like circa 93, was like whispering, you know, radicalization in my ear, I would, you know, I would. Uh, yep. I would. Yeah. Oh, sure. yeah. I'd, I'd turn on this flag in two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Great point. Yeah. I love um, also like, you know, this movie that they, they, they do I looked up some some stuff that they obviously they did talk to a lot of people from the Boston Bomb Squad for it, et cetera, et cetera. At what point in the bomb squad experience is like, I don't know, just shoot it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, yep. You know what I mean? Like at what, what steps need to be crossed off? Like we tried everything. Just, just give it, a, just shoot at it for a bit. Well, that'll get rid of it. That, Look, it's way up high. Do you see how high it is? I don't know how else you're going to get it down except shoot it. That's one of those scenes like in bomb school where like all the smart kids are trying all these like, Ah, you take off this wire and then reroute it to this thing. And then, like, the dumb guy up front is like, shoot at it. Correct. <laughs> Correct you are, Dudley. <laughs> and, man, if there was ever a case for, like, uh, uh, a, a good Samaritan to report something they heard near a crime scene to the police department, it's when Tommy Lee Jones, very close to the blast site, just goes, and on your wedding day, Liam. <laughs> and there is this dude standing in front of Tommy Lee Jones that gives a side eye look that can only say, I wonder if that guy had something to do with it. <laughs> you know what? That does absolutely nothing. The way I read that scene is that Tommy Lee Jones thought that was Liam. And then was like, then was oh. like, oh, oh, wrong guy. <laughs> oh, that's a great point, because that yeah. is like goal number one is assassinate bridges and i guess he just doesn't know about the retirement and then he's like oh i guess i'm gonna do a systematic assassination of this whole bomb squad team instead <laughs> oh man it is awesome uh we get um blankets funeral reception um there's a woman beautifully singing in the house which was cool these kinds of like you know, we're all getting together to mourn somebody, but we're also like getting wasted and watching baseball. Those are like the best kinds of post-funeral receptions. Here's I think. the thing, and you know, you want to get it's you're, you know, you want to get wasted. You're a bunch of cops. It makes total sense. Let's save the baseball game for another time. Like you know, <laughs> sure. what I mean, like that's, sure. that's. I mean, like I love the New York Knicks, man, and I would be pretty <laughs> offended if you guys watched the Knicks game while, while during my funeral. Yeah, after such a violent uh, act, too, I might yes. just feel a little bit of... I mean, they show... It is kind of affecting that they show his body. Oh, yeah. Uh, when they show his face with the uh, the eight-ball hemorrhage. Like, yeah. it, it, it is really haunting. Like, to know that it's not just you just go get burned up in Crispy Critter and that's it. Totally, it's Something yeah. like this happens. And, like, then to go, as you say, and have to watch the Red Sox pitch one out. <laughs> And Lloyd Bridges is going on about the spread and how good it is. I mean, they're, they're treating this like a like a cookout. Yeah, yeah no, totally. Like in those kind of situations, it's like, oh, everything was very lovely. You know, I think Blanket would have really appreciated this. Not just like, oh man, did you have that dip? It's like yeah. French onion, but they put like dill in it or something. It's outrageous. <laughs> oh my God, the roast beef. <laughs> Oh, come on, what are you swinging at everything for? I'm, I'm, I'm terribly sorry for your loss, by the way. Paulie, are you going over to the carving station? I need more roast beef. I, I'm impressed they shelled out for the Sam Adams. 
Could you ask the bereaved if we could get some more salami out here? <laughs> I, you know, bereaved. the poor widow blanket, man. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and his mother I mean like why yes. don't we get a couple cutaways to them just being like what are these people doing <laughs> it's a, can we get all these asshole cops out of the house please but this is when Bridges wants to get back on the force because he wants to solve this crime because he realizes something something they're dealing with a professional you know it's the and 90s he's fucking being a shithead about it though dude he's throwing Forrest Whitaker under the bus right here he's like oh yeah well you know Tony's not ready or whatever and it's like man I- you're retired, dude. Let's mm. get on. Get on. <laughs> but well, the man, the, the craziest thing, though, I mean, this was a real, you know, I, I'm glad I never have to speak with children because, like, the daughter is, like, I guess the stepdaughter or whatever is like, oh, you know, Jimmy, did it hurt Blanket when he died? And I'm like, yikes, man. <laughs> you know, and he's like, no, no, it didn't. And you're like, I don't know, man. I saw that body, and you're about to explain to me in the next scene how he died. That dude definitely felt it. Don't worry about well, it. Well, no, he's just he's just saying that, and then cross his fingers. Hope that's not a serial killer I just made there. <laughs> I'm really hoping I didn't make a serial killer there. I mean, I'll say, kids, you just ask that stuff. Like, we live right by a cemetery, and my toddler's always like, "What are those?" Putting it next to <laughs> like, uh, you know, rock farm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was uh pretty rad getting this early on uh Cuba Gooding Jr. cameo here. I when it happened, I forgot it ha- like it happened. I was like, oh shit, Cuba Gooding Jr. is in this movie. And then I'm like, oh wait, no, he's, no, he's not. It was yeah, right, like, I, it was I had the same cheese. thing. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh wait, it's 1994. He's just kind of going to be in this one scene, isn't it? Um, but yeah, he and Forrest Whitaker, Whitaker kind of like horsing off in Jeff Bridges' bomb class that he's teaching. And I yeah. guess like I, Bridges must have really said something to that captain because all of a sudden now Forrest Whitaker's got to go back to take these classes? That's fucked up. Well, he seems to have a lot of authority in the place and, and he's having a little a, a big Mr. Hands moment here because <laughs> they are goofing <laughs> off and he wants him to tell him how to disarm a bouncing Betty. And uh, <laughs> the, you get a sense with the, the uh, Cubicon Jr. I get the feeling like they just cast him because he looked good and they they noticed how good he was because there's like you you notice when uh, Forrest Whitaker steps on this, it's like a mine yeah, uh, yeah. That, that levitates when you when you step off of it and explodes. Um, when this when this is happening, they hold on Cuba Gooding Jr. Leave like he does a whole little yeah like, scene when he's leaving, and I'm like, wow. I mean, it it really it, it you could see he's a star immediately. Totally, dude. And you know who knew? Just a few short years later, he'd be in that. Robert De Niro racist Navy man movie. Oh, right? Men of Fuck Honor. Oh, yeah, okay. there it is. Saw that in theaters. <laughs> yes, Never saw did. Together. <laughs> I, um, yeah, yeah, but it's so it's like this thing where uh, Forrest Whitaker steps on a, a mine, and you know uh, he he gets sprayed with like red paint, and Tommy Lee Jones is posing as a janitor, like. I kind of want the scene where he actually has to clean that entire room, though. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yes, you are. Uh, you're posing as a janitor. You need. You get to put the bomb in the in the bomb squad robot, but you would have cleaned that fucking room, dude. Somebody's got to get that done. And I guess like this uh, Boston bomb squad school or whatever is like totally fine hiring a dude with no papers. Like, <laughs> sure. Yep. Like that's what I need. And I mean, it doesn't matter because again, this is like a you know, fast-paced Mad Bomber movie. But I was like, really? Tommy Lee Jones, like, just getting a job here instantly at the exact school you need to be in and your janitorial route takes you exactly to the classroom you need to be at. 
Or okay. I guess maybe he just showed up with a broom and just hoped, hoped for the best. Nobody's going nobody's gonna to say, That's hey, get true. out of here. Kind that, of that, put yeah. a little, that tight yeah. 90s labor market. He just kind of showed up <laughs> and he was like, I'm willing to work. <laughs> You're welcome, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so then he, Tommy Lee Jones goes out and this is, I guess, like we're seeing his motivation for Rube Goldberg type devices because he's buying this like Rube Goldberg type toy off this kid. I miss the setup here. Is this like a yard sale or some shit? It's like or a, like a not, farmer's market. It's yeah, like a farmer's market more like it. Yeah, because they're selling. Uh, Susie Amos is selling cupcakes with her kid at the end of it. But yeah, this is where he he gets a like mouse trap, like a, a little ball bearing goes down the loop through the thing, kind of thing. Those uh, toys, little yeah. toy thing. And then he also is told by this mother. Have you heard of you two? Oh God! And he finally he gets the Joshua tree, which everybody loved at the time and couldn't get enough of. My question uh, is, if he were to survive this movie, do you think he would have been disappointed by you two's later output, or just kind of been one of those like uber fans? It's uh, like no, no. You well, know? no, because he'd be a human being with ears, so of course <laughs> he would hate it. They put their bleeding album right on my phone. <laughs> yes, <laughs> do you hear yep. that? He'd be pissed off about that for sure. God damn. I, I got to say, I have never willingly listened to a YouTube <laughs> song. Like, it's never happened. Like, I've never, I've never gone on your Apple Music or Spotify or whatever, mm -hmm. like, search, sought out YouTube and listened to a song. Uh, and I intend to keep it that way. It's going to be one <laughs> yeah, of those dude. things. Keep the streak I will, alive. I will be on my deathbed and I'll say, never listen to YouTube. Couldn't give a fuck about Bono. <laughs> Um, and then also I love Tommy Lee Jones, like tourist videographer, which like he's not, I figured at some point there was going to be some tape that was like mailed to Jeff Bridges or something like that, yeah. where it's like, I've been watching you this whole time. Like, what is the purpose of all the video surveillance? I mean, I guess it's just to get close enough to figure out, cause he also does it to you like Forrest Whitaker, et cetera. I think he's just trying yeah. to find their, find their habits and find their, you know, weaknesses kind of a thing but know? i think like he was also just like any man at this time who just loved having a video camera it's true and like was really <laughs> obsessed with having and taping everything because remember he does send little uh terrorist tapes little, little sketches and skits i don't know oh, what whatever that, that what what just what is that tape it's a People, real it's like i, I if, if your Lord Michaels, look at what I could do. <laughs> yeah, totally. Speaking of Saturday Night Live, man, you're absolutely right. I got all these characters. <laughs> I went to the Dollar General and I found a whole wardrobe for myself. Yeah, he's doing like bits with like masks on. He's wearing like a, a Statue of Liberty mask at some point. And again, like credit Tommy Lee Jones. He's just doing it. You know what I mean? Like because it's embarrassing to do it, but it's he's doing yeah. it. Well, he's just, doing it, and he's thinking about the fucking apartment he's building over the garage. Exactly, with the paycheck. And you imagine it, 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 the, it, behind the scenes, he's, he's talking to Steve Hopkins to be like, "Now I'm wearing a mask during those tapes. <laughs> I, 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 I will do a lot, but I'm not doing that thing with my bare face on that. Absolutely not." Um. So Bridges goes back to uh, the site of the bomb that they shotgunned and got blanket killed, and he's trying to figure out what's going on and um. Is this also, yeah, because he has Forrest Whitaker here with him, too, and they're trying to figure it out. And he realizes that, like, what happened was the bomb was rigged so that a projectile ricocheted off one thing and bounced in and, and hit a uh, blanket 
you know, at just the right angle because Blanket was like kind of hidden by something. Yes. And Bridges realizes, oh, the person who set the bomb knew that Blanket would stand here to shoot and deactivate it. And he set this whole thing up. We are dealing with way beyond what we thought. Like, this is a true pro. Kind of really makes me feel like this guy I learned to make bombs by. Uh, <laughs> Forrest Whitaker's like, what's that, Jeff Bridges? Oh, nothing. Oh, nothing. Oh, by the way, there's another bomb because there's a bomb every day in Boston now. <laughs> well, now, yes. And this is a... This is great because it's all about the uh, robot who we who fucks he, the robot fucks up the first one with the computer, yeah. and they're like, you know what, this robot stinks, and like this time the robot saves the day, but the robot has been uh, uh, co opted by Tommy Lee Jones, and now it's he's turning against his friends. You know, the robot's got like tears in his <laughs> eyes before he explodes and yeah, he kills yeah. Cortez. I would I would love that if Tommy Lee Jones has to like the, the robots at a bar and Tommy Lee Jones signs <laughs> up to him. He's exactly. Like, oh yeah, you work for the bomb squad, do you? Uh, the, how are they treating you over there? Oh yeah, they give you they give you good pay, do they? Oh yeah, they give you enough oil. <laughs> if you're buying, I'm drinking, and like, he just slips something into his drink. No, get away. I am not in control of my own motherboard. <laughs> Cortez, I love you. Get far away. Do you think the robots on Bomb Squad teams retire the way canine dogs do? I, I mean, you get so. thrown in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure. But before that, there's like yeah. a little bit of a ceremony oh, or see. something. Yeah, like, you know, the, the Bomb 5000, you know, six-year veteran of the force. There's you some- know. There's some like retiree like captain who's like taken one of the bomb disposal fucking robots and turned it into like a beer grabbing robot. Oh, definitely, dude. The other refrigerator you have in the garage to get you a Heineken. This is not how I envisioned my golden years. (laughs) Um. So the the captain like refuses again to let him back on you know the the squad officially and then this is like we're packing up you know from the scene or whatever and like jeff bridges what does he do he looks at like a piece of play-doh and it's got an imprint of a a logo that's on the robot and that's how he pieces together there's another bomb in the robot or something manfred yeah the name of the uh it's he's got the name it's called manfred uh and there is this beautiful like a 90 second slow motion Jeff Bridges running mm-hmm. through the oh, yes. crowd, eyes ablaze, screaming Cortez Rita, and trying as best he can to warn these helicopters to leave. Like, what are you doing? I, like, I, leave your energy for running to your buddies. Don't be trying to communicate with the birds. Well, you, you say 90 seconds. It felt like 20 minutes for him. <laughs> like, he is screaming. Everyone, everyone is getting in this guy's way. Every single person. What is he it, saying? What's that? <laughs> what do you mean? Who's Rita? It, it, <laughs> it looks like there are cops that are actively trying to stop him, yes, though, which yeah. is weird. And you got to be like, Use more words than Jeff Bridges. Like, there is a bomb yes. in the robot. Mm-hmm. You know, get out of my way, Officer fucking Hanahan or whatever. Come I on. Mean, I just like how Cortez is like, oh, I wonder what that's about. I guess I'll keep doing what I was doing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, totally. There is this like, he's about to turn a key. And we realize because we're doing a close up on the hand touching the key that this will indeed activate this bomb. This movie is very good about telegraphing that stuff, but keeping it very tense. I love it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but yeah, Jamel, he's totally like, what's that? 
Oh, I thought I heard something. Well, anyway, back <laughs> to unlocking this box. Did you, but that's a slight. That's a, that's a slight indictment of the media there, because he turns around and for some reason doesn't see Jeff Bridges wailing his arms or anything. He's distracted by the he- news helicopters. Yes, he oh. looks up and he's like, "Uh, never mind, robot." <laughs> Turns uh, the just key. One then- of the whirly birds up there. Got yeah. it. Never mind. Uh, in this ex- this explosion, this is the you see Rita and Cortez fucking get it. Oh yeah, yep. yep. We got some grade A dummy work happening here, my friends, and it's oh god, I'm all about That's it. That's the nineties. They are incinerated. It is glorious. <laughs> it's the nineties difference, right, Jamel? Because it's like it, now it would just you just see the big explosion. You'd be like, oh wow, those people got it. No, 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 no. The, to see there's there just a husk of a of a dummy move from one end to the other get blown away. I'm like, now I'm watching a movie from 1994, and I'm really happy to do it. Yep. Yeah. I don't. I mean, like, I can't recall the last time I watched a movie that so went above and beyond living up to its title. <laughs> People are getting were, blown away. I mean, you are just looking like Jesus Christ. One explosion. Bigger than the next, or bigger than the last, rather. You know what I mean? Incredible stuff. And you don't even get time to take in the uh, all the dead bodies <laughs> before uh, <laughs> you hear the phone call and like like sound like an anthem of an independent Ireland or something like that. I don't know what this song is that's being blared over the yeah. phone. Uh, I don't but, know. But it's Tommy Lee, there, yeah. It's Tommy Lee Jones uh, doing his uh, Joker moment here. <laughs> What is the deal, though? Like, whose phone is this? Like, how yes. did that not get destroyed in the blast? Is it Jeff Bridges' phone? I didn't understand where this telephone came from. Yeah, you know what? They just the, the villain needs to talk to the good guy. And <laughs> that's right. It's it's OK. Well, no matter what, it's just OK. <laughs> did I catch out a bad time, yes. Liam? Oh, man. And I'd be like, who is this? I mean, I know, like, you know, he's your your arch emesis from long ago, but I, it would take me a really long time, especially what with the bomb going off. I'm like, what? No. <laughs> no, it's yeah, Jimmy. My, my fucking ears are still bleeding. Exactly. Like, I can't talk on the phone right now, Tommy Lee Jones. Are you kidding me? And this, because I saw this movie as a kid, uh, it was just, it was a real, like, uh, uh, at my dad's house kind of a movie, obviously, because it's a day yep. afternoon and a half. Um, and this I, didn't, I remember really clearly because it's him taunting him and he's in the daughter's room and the next 20 minutes is this incredible sequence because he just taunts yep. him on the phone and he's like you know blah 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 oh I gotta go your wife and daughter are home and he you know he jumps on the motorcycle more Jeff Bridges yelling and this is like Susie Amos going around this house like when is she gonna blow up and we do yep. and the movie does such a great job of like sucking you in that way because there's so much like impossible zooms going on to the, the little girls using the stove. It's it's yep. fantastic. It's so, it's so smart. And like, it starts immediately with like, you hear uh, Kate say, you know, did you leave the window open? And yeah. I was like, Oh fuck. Oh fuck. Here we go. And like everything is making you shit your pants. <laughs> like they have a really great, you, you wonder the choice of angle at first, but there's this like high angle shot looking down at them in the kitchen. And then you realize like, what is in the foreground, this light bulb. And she's like reaching for the string and you're like, Oh fuck. Oh fuck. Oh fuck. Oh fuck. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then nothing, you know? Yeah. And then it's like the close up 
on her dialing the phone. And you know, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck. <laughs> the garlic bread in the oven. Oh fuck, oh fuck. And it's it's so it's a movie that knows that you've seen movies. Yes. Yeah. And is using that against you. And like to have that kind of like respect for the audience, man, especially in just like an off-the-rails action movie like this. Bravo. Bravo yeah. for putting the thought into it. It works really well. I've, I I remember this sequence like from the first time I saw it. I was like, holy fucking shit. I do kind of wish you just got one like normal quotidian thing. Like she changes the water in the vase. <laughs> yeah. <so it's>, <laughs> <laughs> like there's something you got to take the back of the toilet off and check the little thing and make sure it's actually filling up again. You know, just in the middle of <laughs> almost dying. What I would love is at the end of the scene when they're about to have they're actually having dinner. The little girl finally takes a bite of garlic bread and like then she explodes like the garlic bread the garlic bread was wired to blow the entire time somehow Sim Jim's makes a uh, garlic bread now macho man comes out here- don't bite down here's the thing because because we've seen so many of these cops get killed in quick succession it does really feel like that like this this kid could get it yeah. oh absolutely it's yep. on the table Absolutely. I mean, I think that's the thing, right? As soon as you see like that prison guard at the beginning get fucking totally destroyed with that, you know, little incendiary device there or whatever, you know, all bets are off in this movie. Anything is possible. And yeah, when we get into like gleefully killing cops, anything, anything is possible. Everyone's a target in this movie. And uh, Jeff Bridges comes home and rushes them out and he looks at the closet and he believes that Tommy Lee Jones killed the dog, but the dog could have committed suicide. We're not sure. There's, I mean, I I, I, I want a coroner's report. The dog could have been depressed. Who knows? It was too much tension. <laughs> you and this bomber. It's just too much. I got to get out of here. And it's in my favorite Jeff Bridges line because he finally has to tell, he's like burying the dog. And Susie Ames is like, oh, my God, this is so terrible. And he has to come clean, like, you know, I'm not who you think I am. And he's like, it's this guy, or Garrett, he, he killed my fucking dog. And it's like, yep. yeah, it's just like, I don't know. He, the way he says it is so Jeff Bridges. It makes me, it, it filled my heart with love. I mean, because, like, it's such a, I don't know. Like, it's like, you could also just as easily hear him saying, like, they pissed on my fucking rug. Man. Like, <laughs> exactly. it's just, it's the same. He killed my fucking dog. He peed on my rug. <laughs> Because it's all too much. I mean, what is he gonna? He can't like it's it. It's way too much at this point. He's he's almost revealed to be this fucking convict, and then uh, his two best friends just died. So like, this is just the topper. Like, yeah, that's, this is just yeah. the thing that fucking tipped it all over. What a week! Uh, <laughs> and she is very uh, supportive of his IRA past. I. I feel like my wife wouldn't be so much so if I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I know we just got married. And, you know, the night before we got married, you're like, is there anything else you want to tell me? And I said, nope. And uh, <laughs> and uh, what I was sitting on was a different name and a couple of murders. Uh, Stephen, <laughs> I love you very much. Murders. But if if you looked like a 94, Jeff yeah, Bridges, I'd be allowing whatever your IRA, <laughs> whatever the bad things you did, that's fine. It's a good point. Yeah, that's a good call. You think in 1994, John Goodman would get away with this story? Or what? I, I, I doubt it. I really doubt it. <laughs> but yeah, he says his name is Liam McGivney. He was born and raised in Belfast. Um, and then this is the part where he's talking because he's telling her about Tommy Lee Jones. And she's like, oh, the IRA. And he's like, no, no, he's too crazy for that. <laughs> he's in the super duper, the, the, the IRA league. You, nobody yeah. knows about it. It's underground. 
Dude, and then this is where he's also screaming at Lloyd Bridges, like in the very next scene, because Lloyd Bridges is like, oh, you know, I'll make a few calls or whatever. And he's just like, I don't want you getting involved. Uh, yeah. Screaming at your own father in a movie, that must have been kind of cathartic for him. <laughs> well, I mean, also in this moment, you're like, oh, so he's dead. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right, well, oh, yeah. The, there, there he goes. Okay. Because you know he's going to get involved. Of and, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but the the bit of advice that Lloyd Bridges does give to him is he's like, all right, you know, don't tell your squad everything about you. Like, you just need to tell them, like, what they need to know, but don't give up the whole story. And he's like, got it. And that's what he's like. Yeah, so I dialed Interpol, uh, the number of which I memorized. Uh, my best friends at Interpol told me that he's... um. He's he 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 comes from Ireland and I don't know him. <laughs> uh, just in case you were wondering. But it's like he says this about Interpol, and you look like Forrest Whitaker, like the fucking bullshit alarm is going off immediately. Like you are already on thin ice with this bad story, Jeff Bridges. It'd be, uh, Jeff Bridges, who has sent uh, uh, Susie Amos and Lizzie uh, to Max Lloyd. Br- Lloyd Bridges has a cottage in Cape Cod on the beach. What yeah. the fuck was Max doing before this? Uh, he's a retired he's a retired Boston cop. He probably has a, a great pension. Oh man, yeah. Uh, well, uh, also a couple, you know, a couple bribes. You know, yeah. yeah, totally. Not to mention all the fucking, you know, under the table pension. Oh, yeah, yeah, please. And I mean, he's got this crazy hot tub situation, which we should oh, talk man. about a little bit. This little fucking cesspool he's got here. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> and also this movie is very like, I mean, because it, it's obviously filmed in the summer or the early spring. Oh, I was like, no, yeah, because it's 4th of July. Um, and it makes Boston look like a tropical location. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it is so <laughs> hot in Boston. It, it just It's a very odd uh, look for Boston from my, from, from my but, uh, recollection. But what's weird, though, is like you're looking at Lloyd Bridges trying to get this hot tub churning. <laughs> In multiple scenes. And, like, it's him in this yard. You know, they live somewhere in Boston. I don't know exactly where. It's no, you know, grand palatial estate. They're just living in, like, middle-class houses or whatever. And Lloyd Bridges has this hot tub. But then it's, like, you're looking at a hot tub, but it's also just the disgusting New England gray sky. And you're, like, I don't know, Lloyd Bridges. This isn't hot tub weather at all. (laughs) No. If you're wasted, it is, though, by the way. Well, of course. (laughs) I mean, then it's always time for a hot tub. But, like, I think it's just because he's he's always sweating. Mm. So this movie feels hotter than it even should be at this point. Right. Well, because he's running around screaming at everybody. At everybody. And this is around the time when uh, the headphone bomb. Yeah. I was just about to say, I think this is where where we're at the, the... Forrest Whitaker goes to put on some Aretha <laughs> and uh, uh, there's a, there's a, I mean, this is like the most ridiculous bomb in my opinion, just sort of like it, it's, <laughs> it's sort of, you know, it, it is the bomb in the garlic bread moment, right? Like it's just, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually, I was like, when, when you show Tommy Lee Jones making this bomb, he's using a uh, contact solution or contact case, like an old school contact case with the, the L and the R. And I was like, if he puts a bomb in someone's contacts, I was, <laughs> it, oh, it was it was in play because I hadn't seen this movie in a while. I'm like, is there a bomb in someone's contacts? But you're right, Jamel. This is as crazy as that. I mean, you do that, dude. You're the greatest bomb maker <laughs> of all time. But yes, it's like, oh, as he puts it on, he hears a beeping. And it's so fast. It, like, yeah, it's I was cackling and 
thankfully he had this enormous office phone in his house that he was able to auto dial with. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Man, this is a lesson to anybody who's moving to a new place. As soon as you get in, program your old office phone and make sure you can one touch dial your fucking office, especially if your bomb disposal. You yeah. What, everyone make sure you can one touch dial the bomb squad. It's, it's, it's <laughs> incredibly important. It's really, it's, it, we had this one instant. I'm not going to get into it, but boy, howdy, was it important? Well, that's like, you know, we had the, you know, the phones where they gave you a space for like, you know, the fire department and poison control. There should have been one with just like a little explosion cartoon, and that's your speed dial for the bomb squad. Well, if you're in Boston at this point, absolutely. If it's happening once a day that there's a bomb going off, that's a very fair point. In this, in this, in this Boston where bombs are ubiquitous, wherever where you turn, there is a bomb. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, they're yep. giving out bomb squad numbers when you like rent an apartment. Hey, hey, so this is your supervisor. This is this is where you can go to get a great slice. And this is the bomb squad. You want to keep this one close. Yeah, you'll you, need it. Trust me. The bomb squad has a rivalry with the police and the fucking firemen. And yes, yeah, play, they're they all they're all playing each other in hockey and shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We hate the fucking bomb squad. <laughs> well, I guess yeah. So if, if the fire, if the police are the bravest, are, are the uh, are the finest, the firemen are the bravest. Uh, what's the bomb squad craziest? Is that crazy? Yeah, it's got to be the craziest. Yeah. The, the, literally oh, yeah. the craziest right. people that could ever live. Uh, I love Tommy Lee Jones here. Uh, see, it's it's right before. So I'm not backing us up too much, but it's right before the headphones. Uh, are, are sort of uh, turned on or activated or whatever. Forrest Whitaker is doing some exercise outside. Mm-hmm. Like he's running up these stairs or whatever. Tommy Lee Jones, again, this little shutter bug. He's got this fucking mm-hmm. camcorder filming Forrest Whitaker exercising while wearing this like Jesus and the, and the, and the mother Madonna fucking <sighs> party shirt. What is this? Th- he might this- as well be wearing a shirt that says too crazy for the IRA. Like literally <laughs> that is the shirt he should be wearing. This outfit would get him so laid in Brooklyn today. <laughs> oh, this, yep. This Absolutely. outfit he's got going on, this cap and this shirt it, and the camera, the shutterbug thing would help him, I think. And um, uh, so he's, um, it's it's Jeff Bridges and this other guy show up. This other guy's in a couple of seats. He's just another member of the bomb squad. Obama, you know yeah. who this dude is? No, I do not. I mean, he's not really a huge guy, right? but he is Jeff Bridges' like go-to stunt double or stand-in or whatever. Oh, that's pretty oh, really? cool. So he's he's I guess done a bunch of movies with Jeff Bridges. Th- that's funny because that the, you say is a nothing, Steve. But like the whole point in every time he shows up is for him to be like, "Hey, hey don't worry, Jeff Bridges will take care of it." Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> like he's it when they go to the MIT, the uh, MIT lady at the beginning. He's there, and they're like, don't smoke a cigarette while you're near a bomb. And then Jeff Bridges lights a cigarette and goes and yep. defuses the bomb. It's <laughs> yep. fucking incredible. It's and a it, real watch me moment. And, and he does the same thing here, where it, the, the astrology wife uh, yes. thing, the, the wife and the woofer. Yeah, because he's like, oh, oh my like, wife said to be beware of large dogs, and this is a woofer, so I guess I'm totally screwed. Uh, can I go home, do you think? <laughs> I mean, you, you got two people here. You don't right there is a good um jeff bridges delivery of the titular line here because forrest whitaker says something about like um you know i I, it's something like i can't die like i'm a hero i can't go out like this or whatever and bridges says you know what happens to heroes in this outfit they get blown away (laughs) yes 
and it works. I'm not often a fan of titular lines, but this one worked. And they have to, they basically have to, you know, cut the wire at the same time. Him and, uh, and again, like this movie does take its time. It's super tense. Like you, you're pretty sure he's going to make it. But at the same time, again, this movie is totally insane. So you're like, what is going to happen next? Yeah. And I, I, it's pretty cool how, like, you know, after all this stuff with like my wife said, beware of a big dog or whatever, Jeff Bridges is like, I think maybe Forrest Whitaker makes the suggestion. They're like, oh, well, you know, Forrest Whitaker can cut the thing. We don't need you here, Bama. One less, you know, life to put on the line here. You have to so resign the next day, though. I mean, if you, yeah, if you yeah. opt out of defusing a bomb for the bomb squad, and again, I would never do that. Uh, <laughs> I would never be in the bomb squad at all. So I'm not brave, but I, you just gotta be like, yeah, that was that was it for me, guys. That's, uh, yep, that's the end of me. <laughs> Mailman no, can no longer hold my head up. <laughs> along my friends so i gotta go home gotta go home now i do like forrest whitaker yeah like jeff bridges is like working on trying to figure out like the wiring or whatever and forrest whitaker keeps like scaring him by just talking really loudly because he's got you know the music on and the beeping and whatever and he's like he's basically saying stuff like you know oh well you know going out to you know listen to aretha franklin like you know that's not too bad and all this stuff like really sort of resigned to uh you know he might eat shit here i love we're getting a little De Palma here, yes. a little split diopter shot going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so cool. You're looking at the two of them. You know, they got to cut this at the exact same time. And, uh, you know, Bridges goes, uh, you scared, Tone? <laughs> and uh, Whitaker's like, shitless, which is, you know, fucking great. But that, I just, ooh, you do a little split diopter shot there. I'm such a sucker for it. Ooh. I'd be like, Better you know, start believing in bombs because you're in one. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, you know what, man? I'm about to meet my maker. Could you call me by Anthony, please? Is that I've, I've I've corrected you on this so much, and I just feel like if this is the last time I ever hear my name spoken <laughs> aloud, I would like it to be said properly. <laughs> uh, but so now they're in it together, and this is when, like, I think this is when. Uh, you know, we what, take a beach break right here. Oh, we do take oh, this yeah. this insane beach scene, which is, <laughs> uh, yeah, Susie Amos is like, and again, like you are in hiding. Your daughter should never yep. be that far away from you in general. My guess. Yep. I'm not Absolutely. a parent, so I don't know. But I, I've also never been on the run. But I feel like if I were, <laughs> and I were, yeah. Oh well, no, the, you should be inside Lloyd Bridges' house. With the fucking shades drawn mm. and the doors locked and the lights off. I, I might also just, you know, just me, uh, have a video camera on your car. Because, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> it's a bomber that's after your husband, you know, the car yep. could be a bomb. Just, just it's, saying. I mean, it's even a, if you weren't on the run, if a man looked and dressed like Tommy Lee Jones <laughs> approaches your, like, preteen daughter on the beach, that's yep. that's like... Yeah, that's like, I'm going to shoot you if you don't leave. (laughs) This crazy man with a bag of crabs. Uh, (laughs) It is insane that she starts falling for this, though, because like Tom Lee Jones comes up to the kid and it's like, oh, is this your kind of, you know, whatever. And he's doing this like it's a flat American thing. But then he to, I guess, come off as like playful and, you know, the, the mother is here at this point and everything. He starts acting goofy and all of a sudden. I can only describe it as a Jerry Lewis impression. It just sounds like he's doing this Jerry Lewis impression and he's dancing around. It reminded me of actually in, is it now, 
it's this it's it's Batman Returns actually when the mayor is speaking and that like mime comes or the clown comes out and starts like dancing or oh, whatever yes, yeah, and, yeah. like it, it, Tommy Lee Jones like motions in this scene reminded me exactly of that character in Batman Returns. Oh no, he's just having so much goddamn fun in this scene. Um, it just, and is he eating these crabs? I, his because his his cover, which he's smart about, like he knows the neighborhood. He's like, oh, do you know where the Zelinskis live or whatever the hell it is? It's like, oh, they live right. up the, up the road. So like you're now a little less nervous about this guy because he he at least you have an idea why he's on this private beach. But at the same time, you're you know three of your husband's friends are dead. You don't even know the IRA is involved. I, me and my daughter have a five-day movie fucking marathon. How many movies can we watch? And how many pizzas can be slipped underneath the door of this house? That's what's going to happen. Yeah, you're ordering these pizzas and they're slipping them under the fucking door like it's Home Alone, man. You exactly. are playing a loud gunshot riddled <laughs> action movie. And I might, I just, you know, might ask that you maybe take a, a week off from your job uh, with the pops. <laughs> is that what she, is she playing with? The oh, Boston? yes. She yeah. plays violin in the Boston Pops, which I think is kind of funny when you think like he diffuses bombs that go boom. Yes. And she plays in the Pops. Yes. <laughs> Whatever. But I mean, like, honestly, like there's got to be a you've got they have to have like substitute performers for this. Mm-hmm. I would say, you know, mad bomber on the list, although <laughs> I guess. That's happening every day, no matter what. Yes, exactly. Like, this Boston, if, baby. Yeah, if guarantee or not, there's bombs going on. Uh, but so, yeah. you're totally right, though. It's like a mad bomber is stalking me. Find someone else to play violin during the fucking 1812 overture, will you? Well, especially <laughs> the 1812 overture. My God, that's yeah. you're begging to be bombed at that point. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of tempting, tempting fate there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It is another genius fake out of this movie, though. Yes. Because you are just expecting that mm-hmm. band shell to go sky high. Oh, uh, I kind of wish it did. Yeah, kind of <laughs> be- better movie. if like. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, I thought that was a, bit, a little bit on the nose. Like, she, like, <laughs> leaves somehow. She's like, oh, you know, and then it goes up or whatever, you know. Sure, why not? <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, like, he plays with these crabs, et cetera, et cetera. But you see that he has done something to her car. Um that's kind of like the big that's the big reveal in this in this scene and this, you do what uh he can walk, you remind me he walks past like at the, all, this all happens she kind of like shoes him away and he's like oh you know i'll be i'll be on me way and he like kind of walks away and like he adjusts her uh her hood a little bit because he you can tell that he has been fucked it's really subtle but it happens oh okay oh shit i totally missed it yeah he latches um, the hood yes and oh got it so meanwhile uh bridges and uh, what do you call it there? And Whitaker, like Whitaker's now up Bridges' ass. Is like, you know too much about this guy. That's this portion of the film. And, you know, that's, it's good stuff, you know. Solid. Yeah, absolutely. He says, you know, I basically like, I think you're the one that's bringing this all down on us. Mm-hmm. Um, this is after Lloyd Bridges has had that uh, conversation with the hot dog man. Oh, yes. yes. But boil the hot dog snitch. <laughs> <laughs> If this guy, it, like, if you had to have at least one guy who looked a little bit like Shane McGowan in this, mm. I guess. So here's your guy who looks a little bit like Shane McGowan. He kind of does, actually. That's hilarious. I didn't think about that. Um, but it's 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 kind of fascinating, like, because Lloyd Bridges has been using a New England accent, and this guy is coming down the staircase at the stadium like, hot dogs, get yous hot dogs. <sighs> and then, like, they both just turn on the Irish when they start mm-hmm. talking to each other. Very, very fascinating to me. And, uh, of course, he knows who Tommy Lee Jones is. He's like, go to this bar. 
which is the bar he's been hanging out with. And there's a big fake out here because like, you have Mike Starr, character actor Mike Starr, yep. as this this uh, this big hulking bartender. I just expected something to happen at some point. It never yep. did. Um, right, because he's already been in Dumb and Dumber. At this oh point. yeah, and and Goodfellas. Yeah. Oh, oh right, yeah. yeah, duh. Yeah, yeah. This is weird. Also, I'm sorry though. Like, you need to have Mike Starr like put on an accent here because I'll tell you what. This hardcore Irish bar like this, mm-hmm. you're not hiring this guy to be a bartender. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just put just put that right I out saw, there. I was like, isn't that guy Italian? Wouldn't they just like <laughs> wouldn't like let him yeah. in? <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't even get a chance to fill out an application. You're not getting through the front door, buddy. Get out of here, garlic boy. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes to have garlic toast and he explodes. <laughs> As you do. Um yeah, so it's, you know, Tommy Jones is there at this bar with Lloyd Bridges. Uh, and, you know, they're kind of like hitting it off because it's all that, you know, from the old country kind of stuff. Lloyd Bridges, uh, here's the thing. Lloyd Bridges and Tommy Jones share a beer right here. They're like, oh, a couple of pints of Guinness. This is the most disgusting, <laughs> fraudulent <laughs> prop Guinness I've ever oh, yeah. seen. It is like way too like thin and it's almost got like like an amber hue yeah. to it. Like it is not Guinness it, at all. And I don't know tea. what you Yeah, right? And I don't know what you're trying to hide here. Like Mike Starr is wearing a fucking Guinness t-shirt. Clearly like Guinness wanted in on this. You're making this fucking Irish movie, Boston shit. Yeah, put our stuff all over it. But like just pour a couple of Guinnesses, will you? Absolute travesty. Well, it looks like it looks like sewer water too. It, it, it just doesn't look very appealing <laughs> either. And I mean, like, and you know, fucking uh, Lloyd Bridges, uh, clearly a little bit off the uh, off of his detective game. He's like, he just talks to this guy for two seconds. He's like, let me just go make a phone call real quick. It's like obviously you're gonna yep. get get found out. Like you want to you want to wait that out for like an hour. Just say, oh, where you know where where are you hanging your hat these days or something. You know, like e- well, ease into it. You should like he makes a beeline for this fucking phone, but what he says to Tommy Lee Jones is, "I gotta go choke the old snake." <laughs> I haven't heard that one. No, yeah, I, like I don't know, dude. I just met you. Say you have to go to the bathroom. That, that sounds like you're gonna jerk off. You're exactly. Gonna, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. That doesn't sound. You gonna wait? Yeah. You gonna do what? You're gonna you're gonna squeeze the piss out? Yeah. Are you really dehydrated? Is that the sh- issue here? Are you are you are you a, is this a medical emergency? Like that sounds what that that is. If you're if you gotta squeeze that hard, maybe wait. Yeah. Wait, yeah, Dad, you, don't go to the bathroom, Dad. The fucking hospital's that way, man. Jesus Christ, verbal kint. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he is fucking calling him like Dad through all this and all that stuff, and. Uh, Boy, Tommy Lee Jones goes back. Of course he knows he's making a phone call. He goes back there and starts beating the shit out of Lloyd Bridges. And you get this, oh, yeah, well, fuck you, Dad. <laughs> it's great. Honestly, this this scene and the next scene. I know, Andrew, you have a big thing about, you know, if there's child death in a movie, that's it's a star. Uh, it goes up one star. I up have, a star. I will say the same thing for the elderly, honestly. like If, <laughs> if an elderly person is murdered and yep. or tortured, 
<laughs> Absolutely. This is this is my cup of tea. On deadly ground, that guy getting drilled to death. Oh Excellent. my god. Yeah. Seagal just torturing that old timer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something else. Also deciding that like it's it's I'm gonna take it myself out of the equation. Oh yes. Anything like that, like Ray Winstone in The Departed mm-hmm. is a much more, you know, yep. a, a blooming, you know, a, a flagrant version of this, but uh I thought it was good in this one. I mean, yeah, the, the great, the best thing about Lloyd Bridges' death scene isn't even that scene. It's Tommy Lee Jones afterwards, and like the camera cuts <laughs> him, and I swear to God, he like he like grins. He's just sort of like, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's like annoyed for four seconds. <laughs> it's so awesome because he's doing the totally. It's a total like deranged person thing. He's like smiling, but there's like a tear yeah, streaming down sure. his face. It may have been from chuckling so much. <laughs> now, like, well, it's so beautiful. He loves this idea he got from this statue. Uh, or and th- But there's also like a a, a poster. He, he gets there's a postcard and there's like a painting of a guy with a bunch of arrows in him uh, from like their old day in Ireland. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't know exactly which one it was coming from. I assume it's a saint that I don't know the name of. Uh, yeah, I think the IMDb trivia said something about it, and I I didn't recognize the the significance of the saint or anything like that. Yeah, sure. Um, but uh, yeah, like when Bridges sort of like figures out what's going on again, it's Jeff Bridges rides multiple motorcycles in this movie. It's pretty great because this like he steals like a police motorcycle and he's driving mm-hmm. it around. Um, and yeah, pulling up, finding Lloyd Bridges just on this like piece of playground equipment with all these like arrows and this huge fucking bomb on him. Oh it's, man. And I mean like as an older person, you've got to be like, you know, this is a pretty cool way to go. You know, yeah. like it's, yeah, it's either this or the toilet. I'll take this honestly. Yeah. I won't feel this. <laughs> and I don't want to leave a body behind. What are they going to do? Watch a fucking baseball game around me? While I'm <laughs> like, no, I'm fine. I'll just be obliterated here. Yeah, you're 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 burying like I don't even know like three mustache hairs at this point because there's nothing left of this guy. <laughs> oh man, and like so Bridges gets to him and he's like, "Oh, I got to go get my tools out of the car." And Lloyd Bridges is like, "Listen, man, like look what's going on here. Like you don't have t- look at the fucking little wristwatch on this thing. You don't have time to save me." And like so like in the meantime of like Bridges running back to the car to get his toolkit or whatever, which like I don't know. You should probably thought of brought that yeah. uh, at the car with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but it's just Lloyd Bridges like does the math and he's just like, well, if I stand up now, I can do this before he gets back from the car. And it's just a, it's just a good old man. Like, God, forgive me. Yes. Hi, <laughs> Jimmy. I never told you before, but I I have to choke the piss out of my dick. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to do it since I was. Since I was 20 years old, Jimmy, it's time for me to go. I got to go. I can't stop. I got to stop choking the piss out of me, dick, Jimmy. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) But it's so fantastic because he just blows up. And there's this weird thing about a dolphin marble that is very important for some reason. But again, it just shot really cool. Like the idea that this thing... If it's balanced, the bomb is not going to go off. But if he stands yep. up, it's going to go all over the place. We get, again, this kind of really cool, impossible zoom in on what this thing looks like. And it's just it's just a really fun way to shoot this old man getting blown to hell. Oh, yeah. It's goddamn. It's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's, there, there's no other way to describe mm-hmm. it. It's incredible. It's fantastic. Um, I think if I had seen this in theaters, like in somehow in 94, I would have cheered. I would have just like. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. You would have to. Like, I almost want to like 
book this <laughs> at a theater just so I can do that. It's, I mean, you don't get rad shit like this. Like, you know, not to sound too old man here, but like fucking CGI explosions just don't do it for mm-hmm. me. No, it's no not it just the doesn't same. do it. They don't, the they, don't, they don't look, they don't look, they don't look familiar. They don't look convincing. It's like with CGI blood. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Doesn't look, doesn't, just, just does not look convincing. Yeah, no, absolutely not. It kills um, you. And you know what did? You know what I think did it in is I think the proliferation of Law and Order shows did this. Pardon? Like, because I, I think like Law and Order, like it, you just had Law and Order mm-hmm. for a while, and then yeah. for after that you like had what four versions of it, and then you had different like copies of it. I feel like when that hit its point was like a uh, uh, late nineties, early two thousands, and these movies go away. The, yeah. Like, chasing the cop oh. and robber like the ground on the yeah. ground in the city type law and order type stuff goes sure. away and i kind of feel like that had it, it went to tv it feels like like so many other things yeah i mean unless we're doing like bad remakes of shit like taking a pelham one two three with travolta Oof. or something like that yeah, yeah, yeah you sort of get it there um but so you know meanwhile while this that happens like forrest whitaker really you know, hot on the trail of solving this whole thing. And he's, uh, Kate comes into the office or, you know, wherever they are and, and Forrest Whitaker's there doing some work and he starts asking her like, you know, w- you know, what did you, what did you know about Jeff Bridges when you met him? How did you meet him? What's going on? And like, she starts getting the vibe of like, Oh fuck, he knows. Yeah. And like, so she's like, ah, I'll see you later, Forrest Whitaker. And she also and does realize that she he's looking at a picture of Tommy Lee Jones, which by the way, if I'm if I'm telling my wife, hey, look, this guy's after me, and I have a picture of him, I'm like, and by the way, this is what he looks like. Yep, just in case you see him out at the beach. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but so like he Forrest Whitaker has the file up on Tommy Lee Jones, and it's like, oh, known associates, and it's like uh Jeff Bridges, uh, you know, uh Liam, whatever. And it's like doesn't have a picture of him, but it's got a date of birth, and it says known, you know, associates and relatives or whatever. And it's like, uh oh, Uncle Max, whatever the fuck. And so Forrest Whitaker basically like confirms yes. his suspicion at this point. Meanwhile, Jeff Bridges is drunk in that fucking hot tub. This is a scene and a half. <laughs> it oh, is man. great. Well, because it's it's him. Like he's given up. And I mean, I do I do think if you're in an Irish murder rivalry, you do give the uh your your rival time to be hung over you know what i mean like you're you're not you're not doing anything between like 9 and 1 p.m basically 9 a.m and 1 p.m that is hangover time but once once 1 p.m strikes the game is afoot again kind of absolutely yeah. as early as like 1 25 p.m there could be a bomb call <laughs> exactly yeah. that's why i killed blanket right at cocktail hour <laughs> Just what right when the reception was getting yeah, good. Let's just go. He even fires this gun in a hot tub. Again, something I've never seen in a movie before, but I was nope. thankful it happened. And no one thinks that's weird. Like, she doesn't react. Yes. He doesn't react. I was like, I'm sorry, a weapon just discharged in a hot tub. Did no one see this hot tub get shot? Come on. This is the thing. I, I mean, I've lived in several places where you know, guns have gone off, right? Like not, you know, yeah. like in the neighborhood. And everyone you sort of just like, oh, is that a gun? It's like, yep. <laughs> it's, it's not yep. it's not like it's not a casual thing necessarily. So it's just very, <laughs> like what Boston neighborhood do they live in where this gun goes off and there's like no one, no one bats an eye. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, oh, that's just Lloyd Bridges again shooting his gun off in his hot tub. <laughs> oh, he hates that jacuzzi. My God. 
but so she basically she's like, you know what? I have to go to work, which is playing the 1812 overture. And yep. and we're actually, oh yeah, we're gonna play the 1812 overture and we're gonna close with Pop Goes the Weasel as the uh as the encore. So no reason. No, why would you? No, and there's I have go to go perform the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> We're, t- There's, we're, we're doing an orchestral version of the Macarena at the end. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, please blow up the band shell. There's a really bad bit of ADR right here where she says to uh, Forrest Whitaker, she's like, uh, you know, I, I have to go play this concert. And she goes, I'm not hiding anymore. And it's definitely <laughs> yeah. like a fucking six weeks later. Please say this into a microphone. Yeah. Sorry, uh, Andrew, the way you said that, it was like she was like having her voice modulated in like a, <laughs> like a Dateline episode. Oh, definitely. I, I'm not. I'm not hiding anymore. <laughs> we are not. Uh, I'm right here where you can find me behind this black curtain. <laughs> Uh, I, this we get a boy oh boy this with or without you montage yeah crank the U two watching Tommy Lee Jones make explosives while uh while Jeff Bridges is standing in the hole that was once Lloyd Bridges <laughs> him investigating the crime scene man and you just look at it it is a huge huge crater in the back I think this building used to be an old school or something so like the pl- yeah because there's playground equipment of course like this playground a huge crater where once Lloyd Bridges stood yeah. I, I I gotta be honest this this song kicks ass in the in this montage folks you know what hang me call me <laughs> call me call me whatever you want to call me but it, it's pretty fun I, I agree with you I think it works and having Tommy Lee Jones sing along with it yes. while he's like dumping gasoline oh. into the hall is really amazing it is I, kind, I, I it is kind of amazing that he and Irishman gets introduced to uh, introduced to you too it's like he comes out of prison like oh have you tried this beer it's like oh, oh interesting huh <laughs> pretty good not bad um, his whole Tommy Lee Jones like having this hideout here like this is a hideout fit for Two Face. Yes, it's it is. in a it, it's like an abandoned barge on a like you know fenced off like you know locked waterfront property. It's tilted on the side. The whole thing is exquisite. It, this production design. It's a gambling bar. <laughs> yes. Like what is from what, God knows when. Yeah. What was this? Did this have the like wheel at the back of it? Oh, right. I forgot about the roulette. Well, yeah, I don't like this must have just been like in New York. We have like those circle line things that like go around Manhattan I and guess. stuff. Yeah, yeah, Maybe it was something like that. It must have been. But like it's dead. And they had they, they must have had like balls made with like the logo because it's called the dolphin. Well, that's the uh, yes. most amazing thing yeah. is he finds like the dolphin was the trigger. The dolphin marble or a roulette ball actually was the trigger. He pulls it out of a, out of a whatever and like finds three of Lloyd Bridges' teeth next to it, and he <laughs> pulls it out of this, this tree or whatever, looks at it, and is immediately like, "Oh shit! It's the dolphin roulette barge. I know exactly where he is." And I'm like, "What?" Well, well because like him and Forrest Whitaker already tried to investigate yeah. this. Oh, place. I see. I missed that. But that's why it's they only like kind of investigated mm-hmm. and then st- I Chris, what is? I don't remember. Or Jamel, do you remember? Like they go up to the fence and it's, it's him and Forrest Whitaker, but like, they don't go in or something. I forget. I, think I don't they remember. Get the, I think they get the, they get a call and I oh, think, I think okay. it must be the, 
I, I, I guess it has to be the call uh, 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 with uh, Lloyd Bridges. Yeah. I think. Oh, okay. Because be. they do like, yeah, they get close to, in, I think they might even be in the ship. And then they stop before they get up and actually, yes, I do remember this now because like Forrest Whitaker's like kind of apprehensive about the whole thing. And he's like, oh, maybe I'll just go with you. And Jeff Bridges is like, no, you investigate that part of the fucking ship. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, they have been there before, but I think that makes it almost even worse, Steve, because then it's like, oh, man, we were right there. <laughs> yes. Could have gotten him. And he's mixing up something crazy. And this is when Bridges has the drop on him. And this is what the movie, I mean, like, the fight is great, but it's sort of a bit anticlimactic, I think. Yeah, well, it's weird because, like, Tommy Lee Jones eats shit at the end of it, and the movie still has, like, 15 minutes Exactly. That's, yeah, that's I was, the big This beef. is the point where, like, because I was just expecting this to go all the way to the end, right? Sort of, like, a final mm-hmm. standoff at the concert yeah. with Tommy Lee Jones. But, uh, no, yeah, he, get, he totally, I mean, there's, I've said this before, there's a Rube Goldberg bomb yes. that has like various <laughs> stages that it, that it goes through that is conveniently synced up with the progression of their fight yes yes oh my god yeah as they fall through the floor they're following like the track of this machine it's so awesome it's just like again so wonderfully stupid like yeah. what a stupid thing but it's so awesome it's a batman villain type of death like you would yeah. want to dive with your stupid super crazy bomb house boat you made yes uh, but like i th- it, it's funny because it does the the chase from the pops in the car and the motorcycle it does feel a little tacked on it does it's like another movie yeah. kind of but like also i can't imagine them doing like a richard jewel scene at the boston <laughs> pops like with <laughs> just everybody scattering and then yeah. hunting down i'm not sure how you would play how you could like shoot that are you just like having a hunt down in the park then I guess we are getting- there's a bomb <laughs> at the Independence Day concert. <laughs> we are skipping over one of my favorite parts of this entire movie is uh, Tommy Lee Jones has the drop on Jeff Bridges. They're both handcuffed together. Uh, they're about to blow up to go to hell. There's fire all <laughs> over the place. And like Jason Voorhees, which he would make a great actor for. Forrest Whitaker walks through a wall of fire oh, yeah. and oh, saves right. the day. Yeah. It, he is, Hell yeah. That dude is a refrigerator with legs, and I fucking love him. <laughs> He's so big. It's so awesome. Like, he... And you hear, like, the scream, too. Yeah. Like, Forrest Whitaker, like, jumping through the fire. Like, <laughs> It kicks ass. And, yeah, he saves him. Uh, they have a really awesome, uh, you know, diehard-esque running to the edge of the pier, jumping off yes. uh, into the water. It's so, and as far as I was looking at this, and I'd love to like be able to ask them this someday, it looks like when this barge goes sky high, which was one of the biggest explosions I've ever seen in a movie, I think it's the two of them standing there. It wouldn't surprise me. It looks like them jumping in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's so awesome. I guess somebody said, uh, I don't know if this is on the trivia or reading this somewhere, maybe Wikipedia. Like when they blew up this barge, it like shattered windows like on the other side of the water. That makes sense. Surprise me. That's a real flub, though. You're probably getting in trouble for that. Oh, yeah. Getting some fines from the mayor's office or whatever. Yeah, lawsuits, definitely. And Tommy Lee Jones, who's been the engine of this movie, pretty much closes his eyes and kind of goes up with the ship. And it's kind of cool. But again, yeah, now we have this other thing where it's like, we got to get to the concert. I'm like, I don't know. He's dead. It's fine. 
Yeah, exactly. Where, where are the credits? I love the way that Jeff Bridges is explaining the rest of the situation to Forrest Whitaker because he keeps saying Katie's in trouble. Yeah. And I'm like, while true. Yeah. Also, it's possible thousands of others, Jeff Bridges. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, uh, this is how you know this was completely fucking tacked on. It's like, so he gets to the concert and uh, Susie Amos and Lizzie are leaving. Uh, and they get in the car and like he's chasing out. He gets in the mo- on a motorcycle chasing them. Down the street, he gets in the car. He uncovers this insane fucking bomb inside the car, and the the very tricky way in which he disarms it is he rips the head off a toy. Yeah, <laughs> that's how he the, the big bomb at mm-hmm. the end of all this. You literally just like run random fucking piece. You just ripped it off, and then you're fine. <laughs> that like that to me is just like yeah, we need to end this movie, and we didn't do it there. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, it is a bummer the way he diffuses it, but what is rad is all of the stunt work here of him being on the motorcycle and the car, he realizes, like, she can't push the brakes because that's how everything is wired. So he has to do this thing where he climbs off the motorcycle and is hanging from the car. Yeah. Uh, And it's this big, like, Jurassic Park Jeep kind of a thing. And then he's up on the fucking, you know, roof. And then he leans it. I love when he goes to the little girl. He's like, would you mind sitting in the back seat? And he's like, <laughs> fucking try- awesome. He's doing that thing you do with like a little kid, like trying to keep them calm. Like, no, this little girl is very aware that there's a bomb in the car. I'm like, going to fucking know- die. We hurry up. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> do not hold my hand right now, dude. Diffuse this bomb. <laughs> Uh, I do, because you mentioned it, I think, but I love the cool little shot of like, because we've seen a couple of times now in this movie, like odometers, you know, mm. or just like a little number counter thing moving their way to zero. And that means like the bomb has been, you know, turned on or whatever. And that happens here. Like she starts the car and they start driving and you see the odometer just go down to zero. And then the camera kind of does a cool like little computer effect shot of going through the odometer into the like inside of the car where you see the bomb set up. It's a pretty neat little uh, shot. Oh, uh, Liam, before I die, I must tell you, that car cannot go over 50 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Someone said to me on Twitter, and I didn't realize it, but like, yeah, find me the spot in Boston where you can be driving downhill for that <laughs> length of time. I don't know if mm-hmm. that exists. I don't know where they filmed this this stunt. But boy, did you see uh, this might have been a it was like a hair away from being a totally cursed production. They have the shot of like because the road comes to an end and she's like, it's a dead end. And there's some sort of like, I think like park beyond the road and there's a little archway and the car slams into this thing and they have like pedestrians there like stunt people playing pedestrians there is one stunt guy like he barely gets out of the way of this car and they left it in the movie Mm -hmm. oh yeah and you just see this dude like oh shit well i love this one guy is just like about to get into it with bridges bridges has the ultimate uh ultimate comeback no there was a bomb in the car man what do you want me to do Yep, yep. Don't bitch to me. There's a fucking bomb in the car. That's that's the next time somebody like pulls mm-hmm. you over because they thought you rear-ended him. Just scream. There's a bomb in the car. <laughs> I, oh I, man. I, I don't have I don't uh, insurance information. There's a bomb in the car. <laughs> no, I wasn't texting. There's a bomb in the car. Uh, and then you know, Forrest Whitaker kind of does him a solid here. Um, you know, he's like, all right here's the deal. I'm going to take credit for everything you did, including stopping Tommy Lee Jones. And 
we're just going to say that I was working alone and you're going to get the hell out of here. Jeff Bridges has been like shot in the fucking leg with a weird Tommy Lee Jones nail gun device, booby trap thing that sure. he set up. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a cool moment of like, just get the fuck out of it. Cause this whole time, you know, you're thinking like Forrest Whitaker, he's a buy the book dude, you know, we, you know, he's in it for, you know, the glory of being a hero and everything. He will definitely turn Jeff Bridges over to the authorities. And it's just a cool, you know, get out of here. But I am going to take credit for everything you did. Yeah, and 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 Force is really good in this scene. Like he 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 sends it off. I thought, like he gives it the energy that I was kind of missing from Jones in those last ten minutes. Like it, they have a good. Uh, yes, I think Bridges and him have a good chemistry together. Yeah, definitely. Together. And then of course uh, we fade to black. Cue the nun music. <laughs> yeah, uh, we get another nun like nun slash Enya music. Mm-hmm. That was kind part. Of that was that on. was for the for the i for the uh, the IRA movie of the ninety. That's just everywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? No. Totally. No. Totally. Morrison. Patriot Games it. ends this way. Hidden Agenda ends this way. <laughs> is um is the Devil Zone on your docket, um, Jamel? As well, it must be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there yeah. are way more of these movies than you think. I think there's yep. like seventy on our list so far. <laughs> <laughs> Christ, I love it. I love it. Um. There is the weird, and I guess like you gotta do it, but it's like the movie's like dedicated to some presumably like fallen bomb squad guy, and then like that was from the Boston bomb squad, but then also like and bomb squad people everywhere. I swear, yeah. I, I swear, I thought you were gonna say and dedicated to our brave boys in the IRA, <laughs> <laughs> the brave fighters of the IRA, like, like yeah, yeah right, up, right up there with the fucking Mujahideen <laughs> freedom fighters in yes. uh, Rambo Three. Yes, keep fighting the good fight, fellas. <laughs> I I would really love it if you if, if it turned out this was a true story and you just never heard of this story. Like the, the oh end of God. it was that like sorry to all the cops that died. Yeah, these were actual people. Blanket Jimmy Blanket died for real. Yeah, Blanket was his real name. <laughs> I do. I want to say like again, product of the fact that this is like a movie made in 1994. Once Forrest Whitaker like lets you know Jeff Bridges off the hook here, this movie is over with. Yeah. And those credits come. Yes. And there's no like, you know, I don't need proof that Jeff Bridges has a happy ending with his, you know, new family and everything. Like they're walking away. Everybody's alive and okay. That is enough to end a movie. Exactly. Absolutely. Those six months later, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And it's just boom. Forrest Whitaker is going to take care of it. Roll the credits, cue that nun music, and let's get out of here. <laughs> nothing at this time, nothing will ever be Die Hard 3, where like it ends like literally right when the last line is at. Like Samuel Jackson's about to have a quip and the fucking credits start rolling and the song. It's as if they know that if you thought about the end of Die Hard 3 for a second, you'd be like, wait, what the fuck? Why are we in Canada? Hold on. Pardon? <laughs> they were gonna buy an island. <laughs> so just, just, just get out, get out, get out, go, 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 go. Oh man, and that, and that is the end of Blown Away, ladies and gentlemen. What an exquisite, exquisite experience. But we will start with our guest uh, this week, Jamel. I think obviously it's going to be an around the horn recommendation. But any, you know, final thoughts or you know any of that stuff. And also, by the way. Use this time. Plug away. Plug plug the new show, man. Plug whatever you okay, got. Okay, sure. So I'll I'll do final thoughts and I'll do a plug. Uh, I I love this. I I've never seen this movie before. I loved it. It is, you know, as we've been saying this entire episode, it's just sort of in the '90s they were the studios would give a director an insane amount of money to make a big spectacle driven 
indulgent action movies, self-serious, and they're so enjoyable to watch because there's just nothing like them that exists anymore. Like this yep. much money that goes to an action film, it's going to be like a fast, you know, it's like a fast 20 or whatever. It's going to be quippy and, you know, part of a franchise and, and sort of it's going to be kind of one of those things, not just like a single standalone kind of hyper serious uh, movie about a political, something vaguely political. Like it's just, that movie does not exist anymore. And this, I think it's not like the greatest example of it, but it's like an emblematic example of it. It's like, this is what these movies were like. Um, And so, and, and again, how can you, I, I, I personally do not understand how you could not like a movie that blows up an old man as like a climactic. <laughs> like that's just sort of that's what yeah. more could you ask for in a movie? Honestly. Great point. So Great point. uh huge recommend from me. People should watch it. And uh I mentioned on my podcast a couple of times, it's with my friend John Gans. It's called Unclear and Present Danger. We watch these movies, but we talk about them. We talk about their politics and kind of situate them in kind of the, the, the post-Cold War moment. Um, as, to, as as episodes go on, I think we're on our ninth or 10th now, things are getting, we are getting a little sillier because the movies are getting a little sillier, but it's all, <laughs> yes. it's all a good time. Totally. Uh, and folks can find that wherever pods are available. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's everywhere. Even on Spotify, we have, we haven't joined the Joe Rogan boycott. <laughs> yeah. I think we're still on there too. Uh, you, you just inspired a question and you know, we never have political minds on this show cause it's the four of us. Um, so we can only, you know, do so much, but I'm curious cause what you were talking about there about how, you know, th- having these like vague politics in, in movies like this and it's it, the, the politics of this movie are incredibly vague, but like, would you say a part of, you know, what helped sort of usher those kinds of story arcs out of movies too was like 9-11? Because then everything in movies, like action-oriented movies, just became so obsessed with like terrorists like from the Middle East and just wars in the Middle East and just dealing with all of that. So I feel like that might account for some of the shift too. What do you, no, I think, what do you think about I that? I think that's absolutely right. And if our podcast goes long enough, we're inevitably going to get to kind of like post 9-11 movies. And I think one yeah. one distinctive thing about action movies in the post 9-11 moment is that they are, they're no longer as institutional. They're all about like a lone person getting vengeance. Like I think, mm-hmm. I think you guys recently did Taken. I think Taken is like a, like a perfectly realized example of the kind of action movie America was producing after 9-11. It's like, you know, vengeance driven, completely, yeah. you know, hyper personal versus, you know, even this movie, even though, even though it's this sort of cat and mouse between two people, it's like Jeff Bridges is a cop and he represents an institution. And we spend a lot of time with the institution sort of like yeah. part of the story in these movies is how institutions react to these kinds of challenges. And that kind of just goes right. out the window after 11 it all becomes basically some version of like America's dad trying to get even with you know <laughs> some stand in right. for Osama bin Laden more often than not Albania yes. <laughs> right. you used quite a bit especially in Taken uh, but see there you go folks this kind of chatter uh, over on Unclear and Present Danger so check out 
that program for sure. We'll go around to the rest of the fellas here. Chris Cabin, how you feeling, baby? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, even if I didn't love this movie, I'd have to recommend it for the amount of times I've seen it. Uh, it's, <laughs> I, I, I saw this so much as a kid, and it I, I it stuck with me. I, I, I've been watching this, I think, through my entire life. I uh, Maybe two, three years goes between me watching this movie again. Um, I wanted I'm to, so jealous of that fact. It, it's I, I, and it's it does speak. I mean, what Jamel was talking about, like one thing that happens a lot now is that we are, care way more about connecting the dots. We don't want to have anybody on the fucking internet making fun of all the story gaps. So everything becomes about story and setting up it. Whereas something like this, a lot of it makes absolutely no sense from a story point of view. But like you just carry it through Tommy Lee Jones's energy and Jeff Bridges' charisma. And that's enough. And right. with violence and explosions, it's enough. Uh, also, with an absolute banger, Alan Silvestri theme. Oh, this, yep. This thing rides this whole movie. Uh, I, you know, I, I have nothing but positive things to say about this movie. Uh, so I'll, I'll kick it over to Steve. Yeah, I haven't seen this movie in a really long time. Again, I, I definitely saw it a couple times. It's definitely like an HBO movie as well. Growing up and. It was really fun to come back to because I was like, I, I was like uh, everybody else, like, oh, two hour runtime. You know what I mean? Like I got a lot of shit to do this week. And yeah. then I was just in it. I was like, oh, my God, they're going to blow somebody up every 12 minutes. And I'm in. You know what I mean? It's uh, <laughs> it's that sort of it's the silliness of it, but the seriousness of it. And, you know, Jeff Bridges, I think, anchors this movie. He was apparently looking for an action movie to do, like kind of reading, reading the tea leaves like, you know, I can't. You know, the, these character movies are great, but I need to have some big bombastic thing. And I want to have a little bit of fun. And I think he does all of that really well. And he fits really well in this action movie context. And again, like he's not what I love about him. He's not, he's not a Superman. He's not a, you know, he's more of a John. He's not even John McClane. He doesn't have quips. You know what I mean? He's incredibly no. vulnerable, um, very complicit in what's going on. And <laughs> and where is that pretty well? You know what I mean, Hugh? Yeah, totally. I I, I think it's going to be a tough couple of weeks uh, for uh, our friend uh, Jimmy Dove after afterwards. You know what I mean? <laughs> Cleaning up the all the funerals he has to go to, and like, yeah, that was kind yeah. of me. That, yeah, that's me too. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. sorry, yeah. I was sorry. Decades old rivalry. Apologize. Sorry for your loss. Decades old rivalry. Bye. <laughs> yeah, really sorry about that. It was a blood feud. It was a blood <laughs> feud. He was looking for me. I'm sorry. Sorry, you got Cortez, but he was looking for me. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say anything that, uh, you know, others haven't already said other than like, man, it's it's always like <laughs> it's a weird double edged sword when you sort of cross off a a blind spot like this, because like, I'm glad I finally saw this movie. But Chris, like I said, when you when you were talking like I am bummed that I waited this long, it is 2022 and it was the first time I watched this, Uh, you know, just goes to show you're never going to watch anything and everything. So hot damn. I'm just so glad that we finally got to do this and I'm glad we got to do it uh, with you, Jamel. So thanks uh, so much for popping on. This has been a lot of fun. Again, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Uh, and so that's going to do it for for us, gang, for this week. Of course, patreon.com slash we hate movies is a whole other uh, load of content coming out there this month, including two separate uh, We Love Movies episode on Quentin Tarantino's Kill Bill. Uh, one episode, volume one, one episode, volume two. We're going to have uh, stocked by uh, your doctor or stocked by my doctor, too, <laughs> on Once in a Lifetime. That's super fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we got. Uh, Speaking of crazy bastards. And your 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 standard uh, stuff on the on the Nexus and uh, uh, Melrose 2 and 0, a ton of, ton of great content, as always. 
Totally. Hey, what, Steve, what's the AD we're doing this month? Oh, God, I totally forgot. Oh, we're going back to Doug country. We're doing a Doug Valentine's oh, Day situation. That is right. Kiss me, Doug! <laughs> yeah. Oh, gross. I can't wait. Uh, and then, so, Steve, what are we doing? Uh, that's all Patreon stuff. What's going on on this feed next week? Uh, next week, we are airing our live episode from the, the Brooklyn's The Bell House on Chud. With, a, oh, with yeah. a live VHS trailer game, which is super exciting. Oh, oh, boy. Live VHS trailer game, a special guest appearance. It was a whole thing. It was a real scene that night back in December, was it not? Um, so that's going to do it for us this week. Next week, Chud, it's the 10th anniversary, one-year late show. Enjoy that. And then we'll be back with a brand-new episode the week following. So until then, I'm Andrew Jupin. Steven Sadak. Chris Cabin. Jamal Bowie. Take it easy. That was a HeadGum Podcast.